Chapter Introduction and Osteology Uneasy Lies the Head that Wears the Crown. Shakespeare. Shakespeare introduction face is the anterior aspect of head and the muscles present here express facial movements. Scalp overlies the lateral, posterior and superior aspects of skull. Compartments of neck one posterior or vertebral compartment contain seven cervical vertebrae with their muscles. Two anterior, visceral compartment contains glands like thyroid, parathyroid, thymus and parts of digestive and respiratory tracts. Three two lateral vascular compartments, one on each side, containing major arteries, veins, lymph vessels and lymph nodes. Food pipe voice box neck also contains pharynx and larynx. Pharynx is a musculofascial tube with openings in anterior wall, two posterior nasal openings, one opening of mouth and lowest is opening of inlet of larynx. These parts are called nasopharynx, oropharynx and laryngopharynx, respectively. Larynx or voice box is a part of respiratory system. It lies between hyoid bone and trachea. A number of cartilages and membranes form the skeleton of larynx. There are two lateral vocal folds projecting towards each other from sides of laryngeal cavity. Muscles of larynx move the vocal folds. Function of larynx is to give passage to food and produce speech. Functions of head and neck 1 protection to brain, endocrine glands and special senses. 2 gives passage to food and air and connects their upper parts to respective lower parts. 3 produces voice for communication. Head and neck is the uppermost part of the body. Head comprises skull and lodges the brain covered by meninges, hypophysis cerebri, special senses, teeth and three blood vessels. Brain is the highest seat of intelligence. Human is the most evolved animal so far, as there is maximum nervous tissue. To accommodate the increased volume of nervous tissue, the cranial cavity had to enlarge. Correspondingly, the lower jaw or mandible had to retract. The eyes also had come more anteriorly, on each side of the nose. The external nose also got prominent. During the course of evolution, external ear becomes vestigial and chin is pushed forwards to accommodate the broad tongue. Tongue, the organ for speech, is securely placed in the oral cavity for articulation of words, i.e. speech. In human, the vocalization center is quite big to articulate various words and speak distinctly. Speech is a special and chief characteristic of the human. Skull comprises a number of bones, and their respective regions are, frontal region, lies in front of skull. Parietal region, lies on top of skull, formed chiefly by the parietal bones. It is seen from the top. Occipital region, forms back of skull. Temporal region, it is the area above the ears. The sense of hearing and balance is appreciated and understood in the temporal lobe of brain situated on its inner aspect. Ocular region, it is the region around the large orbital openings, containing the precious eyeball, muscles to move the eyeball, nerves and blood vessels to supply those muscles. There are accessory structures like the lacrimal apparatus and protective eyelids. Auricular region, the region of the external ear with external auditory meatus comprises the auricular region. Air waves enter the ear through the meatus which change into fluid waves and finally into nerve impulses to be received in the temporal lobe of the cerebrum. 51R73. Head and neck 4 Nasal region, the region of the external nose, its muscles and the associated cavity comprise the nasal region. Sense of smell is perceived from this region. Oral region, comprises upper and lower lips and the angle of the mouth, where the lips join on each side. 
numerous muscles are present here, to express the feelings and emotions. These are parts of the muscles of facial expression. They show the feelings, without words. Oral cavity, it houses the organ of speech and taste. Tongue is not swallowed, though everything put on the tongue passes downwards. It is held in position by extrinsic muscles arising from surrounding bones. It says so much and manages to hide inside the oral cavity to be protected by 32 teeth in adult. Parotid region, lies on the side of the face. It contains the biggest serous parotid salivary gland, which lies around the external auditory metis. Head is followed by the tubular neck which continues downwards with chest or thorax. Each half of the neck comprises two triangles between anterior median line and posterior median line. Posterior triangle, lies between sternocleidomastoid, the neck and chin turning muscle, trapezius, the shrugging muscle and middle one-third of the clavicle. It contains proximal parts of the important brachial plexus, subclavian vessels with its branches and tributaries. Its apex is above and base is below. Anterior triangle, lies between the anterior median line and the anterior border of sternocleidomastoid muscle. Its apex is in lower part of neck, close to sternum and base above. It contains the common carotid artery and its numerous branches. Isthmus of thyroid gland lies in the lower part of the triangle. Competency achievement, the student should be able to, and 26.1 demonstrate anatomical position of skull, identify and locate individual skull bones in skull. Point one HEAJ and neck bones of head and neck include the skull, i.e. cranium with mandible, seven cervical vertebrae, the hyoid, and six ossicles of the ear. The skull cap is formed by frontal, parietal, squamous, temporal and a part of occipital bones. These develop by intramembranous ossification, being a quicker one-stage process. The base of the skull in contrast ossifies by intracartilaginous ossification which is a two-stage process membrane cartilage bone. Skull lodges the brain, teeth and also special senses like cochlear and vestibular apparatus, retina, olfactory mucous membrane, and taste buds. The weight of the brain is not felt as it is floating in the cerebrospinal fluid. Our personality, power of speech, attention, concentration, judgment, and intellect are because of the brain that we possess and its proper use. Skull terms the skeleton of the head is called the skull. It consists of several bones that are joined together to form the cranium. The term skull also includes the mandible or lower jaw which is a separate bone. However, the two terms, skull and cranium, are often used synonymously. The skull can be divided into two main parts, a. The calvaria or brain box, neurocranium is the upper part of the cranium which encloses the brain. It consists of a skull cap, vault intramembranous ossification, and a base intracartilaginous ossification, b. The facial skeleton, viscerocranium constitutes the rest of the skull and includes the mandible. Bones of the skull The skull consists of the 28 bones which are named as follows. a. The calvaria or brain case is composed of 14 bones including three paired ear ossicles. Paired unpaired 1. Parietal 2 1. Frontal 1 2. Temporal 2 2. Occipital 1 3. Malleus 2 3. Sphenoid 1 4. Incus 2 4. Ethmoid 1 5. Stapes 2 3. 4. 5 are described in Chapter 18. b. The facial skeleton is composed of 14 bones. Paired unpaired 1. Maxilla 2 1. Mandible 1 2. Zygomatic 2 2. Vomer 1 3. Nasal 2 4. 
Lacrimal 2 5. Palatine 2 6. Inferior nasal concha 2. skull joints The joints in the skull are mostly sutures, a few primary cartilaginous joints and three pairs of synovial joints. Two pairs of synovial joints are present between the ossicles of middle ear. One pair is the largest temporomandibular joint. This mobile joint permits us to speak, eat, drink and laugh. Sutures are, plain, internasal suture serrate, coronal suture denticulate, lambdoid suture squamous, parieto-temporal suture. Anatomical position of skull The skull can be placed in proper orientation by considering any one of the two planes. One reed's baseline is a horizontal line obtained by joining the infraorbital margin to the center of external acoustic metis, i.e. auricular point. Two, the Frankfurt's horizontal plane of orientation is obtained by joining the infraorbital margin to the upper margin of the external acoustic metis fig. 1 .1. Methods of study of the skull The skull can be studied as a whole. The whole skull can be studied from the outside or externally in different views, a. Superior view or norma verticalis b. Posterior view or norma occipitalis c, anterior view or norma frontalis d, lateral view or norma lateralis e, inferior view or norma basalis The whole skull can be studied from the inside or internally after removing the roof of the calvaria or skull cap, a. Internal surface of the cranial vault. Bangla Frankfurt's horizontal plane reads baseline external acoustic meters infraorbital margin fig. 1.1 Anatomical position of skull competency achievement the student should be able to, and 27.2 describe emissary veins with its role in spread of infection from extracranial root to intracranial venous sinuses. Table 1.1 The emis, O opening name foramen of skull 1. Parietal emissary vein 2. Mastoid emissary vein 3. Emissary vein 4. Condylar emissary vein 5. 2 to 3 emissary vein 6. Emissary vein 7. Emissary vein parietal foramen mastoid foramen hypoglossal canal posterior condylar foramen foramen lacerum foramen oval foramen caecum. Introduction and osteology B. Internal surface of the cranial base which shows a natural subdivision into anterior, middle and posterior cranial fossae. The skull can also be studied as individual bones. Mandible, maxilla, ethmoid and zygomatic, etc. have been described. Peculiarities of skull bones One base of skull ossifies in cartilage, while the skull cap ossifies in membrane. Two at birth, skull comprises one table only. By four years or so, two tables are formed. Between the two tables, there are diplos Greek double, i.e. spaces containing red bone marrow forming RBCs, granular series of WBCs and platelets. Four diploic veins drain the formed blood cells into neighboring veins, three at birth, the four angles of parietal bone have membranous gaps or fontanelles. These allow overlapping of bones during vaginal delivery, if required. These also allow skull bones to increase in size after birth, for housing the delicate brain, for some skull bones have air cells in them and are called pneumatic bones, e.g., frontal, maxilla, a. They reduce the weight of skull. b. They maintain humidity of inspired air. c. They give resonance to voice. d. These may get infected resulting in sinusitis. Five skull bones are united mostly by sutures. Six skull has foramina for emissary veins which connect intracranial venous sinuses with extracranial veins. These try to relieve raised intracranial pressure. Infection may reach through the emissary veins into cranial venous sinuses as these veins are valveless table 1 
Seven petrous temporal is the densest bone of the body. It lodges internal ear, middle ear including three ossicles, i.e., malleus, incus and stapes. Ossicles are bones within the bone and are fully formed at birth eight skull lodges brain, meninges, CSF, glands like hypophysis cerebri and pineal, venous sinuses, teeth, special senses like retina of eyeball, taste buds of tongue, olfactory epithelium, cochlea and vestibular nerve endings, head and neck cere veins of the skull veins outside skull canto venous sinus veins of scalp veins of scalp internal jugular vein suboccipital venous plexus pharyngeal venous plexus pterygoid venous plexus veins from upper part of nose superior sagittal sinus sigmoid sinus sigmoid sinus sigmoid sinus cavernous sinus cavernous sinus superior sagittal sinus. Head and neck 6 competency achievement, the student should be able to, and 26.2 describe the features of norma frontalis, verticalis, occipitalis, lateralis and basalis. Exterior of the skull norma verticalis shape when viewed from above, the skull is usually oval in shape. It is wider posteriorly than anteriorly. The shape may be more nearly circular. Bones one upper part of frontal bone anteriorly. Two uppermost part of occipital bone posteriorly. Three a parietal bone on each side. Sutures one coronal suture, this is placed between the frontal and the two parietal bones. The suture crosses the cranial vault from side to side and runs downwards and forwards fig. 2 sagittal suture, it is placed in the median plane between the two parietal bones. 3 lambdoid suture, it lies posteriorly between the occipital and the two parietal bones, and it runs downwards and forwards across the cranial vault. 4 metopic Latin forehead suture, this is occasionally present in about 3–8% individuals. It lies in the median plane and separates the two halves of the frontal bone. Normally, it fuses at 6 years of age. Frontal bone bregma coronal suture head and neck sagittal suture superior temporal line inferior temporal line parietal foramen parietal bone parietal tuber obelin lambdoid suture lambda occipital bone fig. 1.2, norma verticalis. It allows some other named features 1 vertex is the highest point on sagittal suture. 2 vault of skull is the arched roof for the dome of skull. 3 bregma is the meeting point between the coronal and sagittal sutures. In the fetal skull, this is the site of a membranous gap, called the anterior fontanelle, which closes at 18 to 24 months of age. Growth of brain fig. 1.3. For the lambda is the meeting point between the sagi al and lambdoid sutures. In the fetal skull, this is ne site of the posterior fontanelle which closes at birth 2 to 3 months of age. 5 The parietal tuber eminence is the area of maximum convexity of the parietal bone. This is a commons tay of fracture of the skull. 6 The parietal foramen, one on each side, pierces the parietal bone near its upper border, 2.5 to 4 cm in front of the lambda. The parietal foramen transmits an emissary vein from the veins of scalp to superior sagittal sinus fig. 7 The obelin is the point on the sagittal suture between the two parietal foramina. 8 The temporal lines begin at the zygomatic process of the frontal bone, arch backwards and upwards, and cross the frontal bone, the coronal suture and the parietal bone. Over the parietal bone, there are two lines superior and inferior. Traced anteriorly, they fuse to form a single line. Traced posteriorly, the superior line fades out over the posterior part of the parietal bone, but the inferior temporal line continues downwards and forwards with zygomatic arch. 
1252 anterior fontanelle closes at 18th month posterior fontanelle closes at 3rd month anterolateral or sphenoidal fontanelle closes at 3rd month posterolateral or mastoid fontanelle closes at 12th month fig 1.3 fontanelles of skull clinical anatomy fontanelles are sites of growth of skull permitting growth of brain and help to determine age if fontanelles fuse early brain growth is stunted such children are less intelligent if anterior fontanelle is bulging, there is raised intracranial pressure. If anterior fontanelle is depressed, it shows decreased intracranial pressure, mostly due to dehydration. Bones override at the fontanelle helping to decrease size of head during vaginal delivery. Caput succedaneum is soft tissue swelling on any part of skull due to rupture of capillaries during delivery. Skull becomes normal within a few days in postnatal life Fig. Fig. 1.4, caput succedaneum sagittal suture occipital bone external occipital protuberance paratomastoid suture highest nuchal line superior nuchal line inferior nuchal line Fig. 1.5, no. Introduction and osteology 7 Norma occipitalis norma occipitalis is convex upwards and on each side, and is flattened below. Bones 1 posterior parts of the parietal bones above. Two upper part of the squamous part of the occipital bone below fig. 1.5. Three mastoid part of the temporal bone on each side. Sutures 1 The lambdoid suture lies between the occipital bone and the two parietal bones. Sutural or warmian bones are common along this suture. 2 The occipitomastoid suture lies between the occipital bone and mastoid part of the temporal bone. 3 The paratomastoid suture lies between the parietal bone and mastoid part of the temporal bone, 4 The posterior part of the sagittal suture is also seen. Other features 1 Lambda, parietal foramina and obelin have been examined in the norma verticalis. 2 The external occipital protuberance is a median prominence in the lower part of this norma. It marks the junction of the head and the neck. The most prominent point on this protuberance is called the inion. Parietal foramen parietal bone lambda lambdoid suture head and neck squamous part of temporal bone asterion occipitomastoid suture mastoid foramen mastoid process external occipital crest ia occipitalis. Head and neck 8-3 The superior nuchal lines are curved bony ridges passing laterally from the protuberance. These also mark the junction of the head and the neck. The area below the superior nuchal lines will be studied with the norma basalis. For the highest nuchal lines are not always present. They are curved bony ridges situated about 1 cm above the superior nuchal lines. They begin from the upper part of the external occipital protuberance and are more arched than the superior nuchal lines. 5 The occipital point is a median point, a little above the inion. It is the point farthest from the glabella. 6 The mastoid Greek breast foramen is located on the mastoid part of the temporal bone at or near the OCCI pitomastoid suture. Internally, it opens at the sigmoid sulcus. The mastoid foramen transmits an emissary vein table 1 .1 and the meningeal branch of the occipital artery. 7 The interparietal bone, Inca bone is occasionally present. It is a large triangular bone located at the apex of the squamous occipital. This is not a sutural or accessory bone, but represents the membranous part of the occipital bone which has failed to fuse with the rest of the bone. Attachments 1 The upper part of the external occipital protuberance gives origin to the trapezius, and the lower part gives attachment to the upper end of the ligamentum nuchae 
2 The medial one-third of the superior nuchal line gives origin to the trapezius, and the lateral part provides insertion to the sternocleidomastoid above and to the splenius capitis below. 3 The highest nuchal lines, if present, provide attachment to the epicranial aponeurosis medially, and give origin to the occipitalis or occipital belly of occipitofrontalis muscle laterally fig. In case epicranial aponeurosis frontal belly head and neck occipital belly facial nerve fig. 1.6, attachments of the occipitofrontalis muscle. Of absence of highest nuchal lines, these structure are attached to superior nuchal lines. Norma frontalis The norma frontalis is roughly oval in outline, bare wider above than below. Bones One frontal bone forms the forehead. Its upper part smooth and convex, but the lower part is irregular. And is interrupted by the orbits and by the anterior bony aperture of nose fig. 1.7. 2 The right and left maxillae form the upper jaw. 3 The right and left nasal bones form the bridge of the nose. For the zygomatic Greek yoke bones form the bond prominence of the supralateral part of the cheeks 5 The mandible forms the lower jaw. The norma frontalis can be studied under the following heads. a. Frontal region b. Orbital openings c. Anterior piriform shaped bony aperture of the nose d. Lower part of the face. Frontal region The frontal region presents the following features, 1 The superciliary arch is a rounded, curved elevation situated just above the medial part of each orbit. It overlies the frontal sinus and is better marked in males than in females. 2 The glabella is a median elevation connecting the two superciliary arches. Below the glabella, the skull recedes to frontonasal suture at root of the nose. 3 The nasion is a median point at the root of the nose where the internasal suture meets with the frontonasal suture. 4 The frontal tuber or eminence is a low rounded elevation above the superciliary arch one on each side. It is more prominent in females and in children. Orbital openings Each orbital Latin circle opening is quadrangular in shape and is bounded by the following four margins. 1 The supraorbital margin is formed by the frontal bone. At the junction of its lateral two-thirds and its medial one-third, it presents the supraorbital notch or foramen fig. 1.7. 2 The infraorbital margin is formed by the zygomatic bone laterally, and maxilla medially. 3 The medial orbital margin is ill-defined. It is formed by the frontal bone above, and by the lacrimal crest of the frontal process of the maxilla below. Frontal bone frontal tuber nasion orbit nasal bone frontal bone orbit temporal line nasal bone anterior nasal spine zygomatic bone maxilla nasal aperture alveolar process mandible symphysis me angle of mandible mental prot fig. 1.7, norma frontalis, walls of orbit of 4 The lateral orbital margin is formed mostly by the frontal process of zygomatic bone, but is completed above by the zygomatic process of frontal bone. Frontozygomatic suture lies at their union. Anterior bony aperture of the nose The anterior bony aperture is pear-shaped, being wide below and narrow above. Boundaries above, by the lower border of the nasal bones. Below, by the nasal notch of the body of maxilla on each side. Features, note the following, one articulations of the nasal bone, a. Anteriorly, with the opposite bone at the internasal suture. b. Posteriorly, with the frontal process of the maxilla c. Superiorly, with the frontal bone at the frontonasal suture. d. Inferiorly, the upper nasal cartilage is attached to it. 2. The anterior nasal spine is a sharp projection in the median plane in the lower boundary of the piriform aperture fig. 
Introduction and Osteology 9 Supraorbital notch superior temporal line frontozygomatic suture zygomatic bone superior orbital fissure infraorbital foramen maxilla angle of mandible mental foramen uberance ID nasal aperture. Inset showing apertures 3 rinian is the lowermost point of the internasal suture. Lower part of the face maxilla maxilla contributes a large share in the formation of the facial skeleton. The anterior surface of the body of the maxilla presents a the nasal notch medially, b. The anterior nasal spine, c. The infraorbital foramen, 1 cm below the infraorbital margin, d. The incisive fossa above the incisor teeth, and e. The canine fossa lateral to the canine eminence. In addition, three out of four processes of the maxilla are also seen in this norma. a. The frontal process of the maxilla is directed upwards. It articulates anteriorly with the nasal bone, posteriorly with the lacrimal bone, and superiorly with the frontal bone fig. B. The zygomatic process of the maxilla is short but stout and articulates with the zygomatic bone. C. The alveolar process of the maxilla bears sockets for the upper teeth. Head and neck. Head and neck 10 zygomatic bone, bone zygomatic bone forms the prominence of the cheek. The zygomaticofacial foramen is seen on its surface. Mandible, lower jaw bone, mandible, Latin to chew, forms the lower jaw. The upper border or alveolar arch lodges the lower teeth. The lower border or base is rounded. The middle point of the base is called the mental point or nathion. The point on the angle of mandible is called gonion. The anterior surface of the body of the mandible presents a. The symphysis menti, the mental protuberance and the mental tubercles, anteriorly fig. B. The mental foramen below the interval between the two premolar teeth, transmitting the mental nerve and vessels. C. The oblique line runs upwards and backwards from the mental tubercle to the anterior border of the ramus Latin branch of the mandible. Sutures of the norma frontalis, internasal fig. frontonasal, nasomaxillary, lacrimomaxillary, frontomaxillary intermaxillary zygomaticomaxillary zygomaticofrontal, head and neck attachments 1 The medial part of the superciliary arch gives origin to the corrugator supercilii muscle. 2 The proserous muscle arises from the nasal bone near the median plane see fig. 3 The orbital part of the orbicularis oculi arises from the frontal process of the maxilla and from the nasal part of the frontal bone see fig. 2.9. 4 The medial palpebral ligament is attached to the frontal process of the maxilla between the frontal and maxillary origins of the orbicularis oculi. 5 The levator labi superioris aliquae nasi arises from the frontal process of the maxilla in front of the orbicularis oculi see fig. 2.9. 6 The levator labi superioris arises from the maxilla between the infraorbital margin and the infraorbital foramen see fig. 2.9. 7 The levator anguli oris arises from the canine fossa. 8 The nasal eyes and the depressor septi arise from the surface of the maxilla bordering the nasal notch. 9 The incisivus muscle arises from an area just below v the depressor septi. It forms part of orbicularis or 10 the zygomaticus major and minor arise from the surface of the zygomatic bone see fig. 2.9. The zygomaticus minor muscle arises below zygomaticofacial foramen. The zygomaticus marge arises lateral to the minor muscle see fig. 2.9. 11 buccinator arises from maxilla and mandib opposite molar teeth see fig. 2.10 and from pterygomandibular raph. 
It also forms part Orbicularis Aurus. Structures passing through Foramina 1 the supraorbital notch or foramen transmits the supraorbital nerves and vessels see fig. 2.5. 2 the external nasal nerve emerges between the nasal bone and upper nasal cartilage see fig. 2.16. 3 the infraorbital foramen transmits the infraorbital nerve and vessels see fig. 2.16. 4 The zygomaticofacial foramen transmits the nerve of the same name, a branch of maxillary nerve. 5 The mental foramen on the mandible transmits the mental nerve and vessels see fig. Clinical anatomy The nasal bone is one of the most commonly fractured bones of the face. Mandible and parietal eminence are the next bones to be fractured fig. Phone anterior branch terian posterior branch fractured nasal bone zygomatic arch middle meningeal artery fig. 1.8, fractured nasal bone and position of anterior division of middle meningeal artery against the terian norma lateralis bones 1 frontal 2 parietal fig. 1.9 a 3 occipital 4 temporal figs 1.9 b and c. Parietal bone temporal bone, squamous part position of anterior margin of foramen magnum and facial angle supramastoid crest paratomastoid suture lambdoid suture external occipital protuberance asterion occipitomastoid suture and zygomatic arch mastoid process external acoustic metus and articular tubicle styloid process ramus of mandible jugal point temporal bone to middle temporal vessels supramastoid crest supramiatal triangle vertical tangent to posterior border of external acoustic metus and external Acoustic metus and tympanic plate B. Figs 1.9 a to C. A. Norma lateralis with facial angle B. Bones external acoustic metus 5 sphenoid 6 zygomatic 7 mandible 8 maxilla 9 nasal features temporal lines The temporal lines have been studied in the norma verticalis. The inferior temporal line, in its posterior part, turns downwards and forwards and becomes continuous with the supramastoid crest on the squamous temporal bone near its junction with the mastoid temporal. This crest is continuous anteriorly with the posterior root of the zygomatic arch fig. Introduction and osteology 11 Superior temporal line coronal suture frontal bone inferior temporal line terian nasal bone zygomatic bone infraorbital foramen maxilla zygomatico temporal suture body of mandible mental foramen a squamous part supramastoid crest zygomatic process RTICAL tangent osterior border of external oustic metus supramiatal triangle astoid process external acoustic ATUS and tympanic plate styloid process C articular tubicle anterior root posterior root mandibular fossa squamotympanic fissure orming norma lateralis C tympanic plate forming margins of head and neck zygomatic arch or zygoma the zygomatic arch is a horizontal bar on the side of the head in front of the ear a little above of the tragus. It is formed by the temporal process of the zygomatic bone in anterior one-third and the zygomatic process of the eye-temporal bone in posterior two-thirds. The zygomatico-temporal suture crosses the arch obliquely downwards and backwards. Above the zygomatic arch is temporal fossa, which is filled by temporalis muscle. Attached to lower margin of zygomatic arch is masseter muscle. Contraction of both temporalis and masseter may be felt by clenching the teeth. The arch is separated from the side of the skull by a gap which is deeper in front than behind. Its lateral head and neck 12 surface is subcutaneous. The anterior end of the upper border is called the jugal point. The posterior end of the zygomatic arch is attached to the squamous temporal bone by anterior and posterior roots. 
The articular tubercle of the root of the zygoma lies on its lower border, at the junction of the anterior and posterior roots. The anterior root passes medially in front of the articular fossa. The posterior root passes backwards along the lateral margin of the mandibular or articular fossa, then above the external acoustic meatus to become continuous with the supramastoid crest. Two projections are visible in relation to these roots. One is articular tubercle at its lower border. Another tubercle is visible just behind the mandibular or articular fossa and is known as postglenoid tubercle. External acoustic meatus The external acoustic meatus opens just below the posterior part of the posterior root of zygoma. Its anterior and inferior margins and the lower part of the posterior margin are formed by the tympanic plate, and the postero-superior margin is formed by the squamous temporal bone. The margins are roughened for the attachment of auricular cartilage. The supramiatal triangle of is a small depression postero-superior to the meatus. It is bounded above by the supramastoid crest, in front by the postero-superior margin of the external meatus, and behind by a vertical tangent to the posterior margin of the meatus. The supramiatal spine may be present on the anteroinferior margin of the triangle. The triangle forms the lateral wall of the tympanic or mastoid antrum fig. Head and neck mastoid part of the temporal bone The mastoid part of the temporal bone lies just behind the external acoustic meatus. It is continuous antero-superiorly with the squamous temporal bone fig. C. A partially obliterated squamomastoid suture may be visible in front of and parallel to the roughened area for muscular insertion. The mastoid temporal bone articulates postero-superiorly with the postero-inferior part of the parietal bone at the horizontal paratomastoid suture, and posteriorly with the squamous occipital bone at the occipitomastoid suture. These two sutures meet at the lateral end of the lambdoid suture. The asterion is the point where the paratomastoid, occipitomastoid and lambdoid sutures meet. In infants, the asterion is the site of the postrolateral or mastoid fontanelle, which closes by 12 months fig. The mastoid process is a breast-like projection from the lower part of the mastoid temporal bone, postero-inferior to the external acoustic meatus. It appears during the second year of light. The tympanumed fissure is placed on the anterior aspect of the bar zero the mastoid process. The mastoid foramen lies al ora the occipitomastoid suture fig. Styloid process The styloid Latin pen process is a needle-like thing is projection from the temporal bone seen in norma back situated anteromedial to the mastoid process. Directed downwards, forwards and slightly medially its base is partly unsheathed by the tympanic plate. The apex or tip is usually hidden from view by the posterior border of the ramus of the mandible. 111 Temporal fossa boundaries 1 above, by the superior temporal line, 2 below, by the upper border of the zygomatic arch laterally, and by the infratemporal crest of the greater wing of the sphenoid bone medially. Through the gap deep to the zygomatic arch, temporal fossa communicates with the infratemporal fossa, 3 The anterior wall is formed by the zygomatic bone and by parts of the frontal and sphenoid bones. This wall separates the fossa from the orbit. Floor. The anterior part of the floor is crossed by an H-shaped suture where four bones frontal, parietal, greater wing of sphenoid and temporal adjoin each other. This area is termed the terion. It lies 4 cm above the midpoint of the zygomatic arch and 2.5 cm behind the frontozygomatic suture. 
Deep to the terian lie, the middle meningeal vein, the anterior division of the middle meningeal artery, and the stem of the lateral sulcus of brain Sylvian point fig. On the temporal surface of the zygomatic bone forming the anterior wall of the fossa, there is the zygomaticotemporal foramen. One of E1JE11E attachments one the temporal fascia is attached to the superior temporal line and to the area between the two temporal lines. Inferiorly, it is attached to the outer and inner lips of the upper border of the zygomatic arch too the temporalis muscle arises from the whole of the temporal fossa, except the part formed by the zygomatic bone fig. Beneath the muscle, there lie the deep temporal vessels and nerves. The middle temporal vessels produce vascular markings on the temporal bone just above the external acoustic metis fig. .The medial surface and lower border of the zygomatic arch give origin to the masseter, 1. For the lateral ligament of the temporomandibular joint is attached to the tubercle of the root of the zygoma see chapter 6, 5 The sternocleidomastoid, splenius capitus and longissimus capitus are inserted from before backwards on the posterior part of the lateral surface of the mastoid process fig. Posterior belly of digastric arises from mastoid notch. The groove obliquely placed behind mastoid notch is due to occipital artery see fig. 73. 6 The gap between the zygomatic arch and the side of the skull transmits, a tendon of the temporalis muscle b. Deep temporal vessels c. Deep temporal nerves. Infratemporal fossa boundaries and the contents are described in Chapter 6, pterygopalatine fossa pterygopalatine fossa is described in Chapter 15, structures passing through foramina 1 The tympanomastoid fissure on the anterior aspect of the base of the mastoid process transmits the auricular branch of vagus nerve. 2 The mastoid foramen transmits, a. An emissary vein connecting the sigmoid sinus with the posterior auricular vein table 1.1. b. A meningeal branch of the occipital artery. 3 The zygomaticotemporal foramen transmits the nerve of the same name and a minute artery see fig. 2.16. Clinical anatomy terian site of anterolateral fontanelle is the thin part of skull. In roadside accidents, the anterior division of middle meningeal artery at terian fig. may be ruptured, leading to clot formation between the skull bone and dura mater or extradural hemorrhage. The clot compresses the motor area of brain, leading to paralysis of the opposite side. The clot must be sucked out at the earliest by trephining fig. The head must be protected by a helmet during driving a two-wheeler. Norma basalis for convenience of study, the norma basalis is divided arbitrarily into anterior, middle and posterior parts. The anterior part is formed by the hard palate and the alveolar arches. The middle and posterior parts are separated by an imaginary transverse line passing through the anterior margin of the foramen magnum figs Introduction and osteology 13 Superior sagittal sinus extradural hemorrhage sternocleidomastoid muscle fig. 1.10 Extradural hemorrhage anterior part of norma basalis alveolar arch Alveolar arch bears sockets for the roots of the upper teeth. Hard palate 1 formation, a. Anterior 2 thirds, by the palatine processes of the maxillae. b. Posterior 1 third, by the horizontal plates of the palatine. Two sutures, the palate is crossed by a cruciform suture made up of intermaxillary, interpalatine and palato-maxillary sutures. 3 dome, a. It is arched in all directions. b. Shows pits for the palatine glands. 
For the incisive foramen is a deep fossa situated anteriorly in the median plane fig. 1.12. Two incisive canals, right and left, pierce the walls of the incisive foramen, usually one on each side, but occasionally in the median plane, the left being anterior and the right, posterior. 5 The greater palatine foramen, one on each side, is situated just behind the lateral part of the palato-maxillary suture. A groove leads from the foramen towards the incisive fossa fig. 6 The lesser palatine foramina, two or three in number on each side, lie behind the greater palatine foramen, and perforate the pyramidal process of the palatine bone fig. 7 The posterior border of the hard palate is free and presents the posterior nasal spine in the median plane. 8 The palatine crest is a curved ridge near the posterior border. It begins behind the greater palatine foramen and runs medially fig. 1.12. Head and neck. Head and neck 14 Intermaxillary suture Interpalatine suture Medial and lateral pterygoid plates Foramen lacerum Nerve of pterygoid canal Mandibular fossa sulcus tubae Petrotympanic fissure Pharyngeal tubical carotid canal Internal carotid artery Jugular and mastoid processes Jugular foramen IX, X, 11 nerves and internal jugular vein Hypoglossal canal 12 nerve Posterior condylar canal Superior nuchal line External occipital crest External occipital protuberance A. Alveolar arch bony palate anterior part posterior nasal aperture pyramidal process of palatine bone zygomatic arch cuta tympanic plate external acoustic meatus middle part of IC or posterior part mastoid process occipital condyle spin ch head and neck foramen magnum b figs 1.11 to c a norma basalis showing passage of main nerve surface of greater wing of sphenoid middle part of norma basalis the middle part extends from the posterior border of the hard palate to the arbitrary transverse line passing through the anterior margin of the foramen magnum median area 1 the median area shows a the posterior border of the vomma Incisive foramen, nasopalatine nerves, palatine process, bony palate, zygomatic arch, greater palatine foramen, anterior palatine nerve, inferior orbital fissure, zygomatica infraorbital nerves, lesser palatine foramen, middle and posterior palatine nerve, foramen ovale, mandibular and lesser petrosal nerves, styloid process, stylomastoid foramen, seven nerve, foramen spinosum and spine of sphenoid, middle meningeal artery, occipital condyle, foramen magnum, spinal cord with meninges, anterior and posterior spinal arteries, vertebral arteries, spinal roots of 11 nerves inferior nuchal liner. Infratemporal crest posterior margin of inferior orbital fissure continuous with pterygoid process medial surface foramen spinosum middle meningeal artery articulates with squamous temporal foramen ovale mandibular nerve, accessory meningeal artery, lesser petrosal nerve and emissary vein auriculotemporal nerve sulcus tube pine of sphenoid corda tympani nerve petrous part of temporal bone C RVES and arteries B. Three parts of norma basalis, C infratemporal B. A broad bar of bone formed by fusion of the posterior part of the body of sphenoid and the basilar part of occipital bone fig. 1.13. 2 The vomma separates the two posterior nasal apertures. Its inferior border articulates with the bony palate. The superior border splits into two ailey and articulates with the rostrum of the sphenoid bone fig. 1.13. 
Intermaxillary suture incisive foramen with openings of incisive canals palato-palatine process maxillary of maxilla x suture horizontal plate of palatine bone interpalatine suture greater palatine foramen pyramidal process of lesser palatine palatine posterior palatine bone foramen crest nasal spine fig, 1.12 anterior part of the norma basalis horizontal plate of posterior nasal palatine bone aperture medial pterygoid plate vomma lateral pterygoid plates phenoidal process perpendicular of palatine Palatine bone plate of palatine bone palatine ovaginal canal root of pterygoid ALA of vomer process greater wing of sphenoid rostrum of sphenoid body vaginal process of sphenoid of sphenoid vomer ovaginal canal fig 1.13 posterior view of a coronal section through the posterior nasal aperture showing the formation of the palatino vaginal and vomer ovaginal canals G3 palatine ovaginal canal the inferior surface of the vaginal process of the medial pterygoid plate is marked by an antero posterior groove which is converted into the palatino-vaginal canal by the upper surface of the sphenoidal process of the palatine bone. The canal opens anteriorly into the posterior wall of the pterygopalatine fossa Four vomerovaginal canal, the lateral border of each ALA of the voma comes into relationship with the vaginal process of the medial pterygoid plate, and may overlap it from above to enclose the vomerovaginal canal fig. 5 The broad bar of the bone is marked in the median plane by the pharyngeal tubercle, a little in front of the foramen magnum fig. 1 Lateral area 1 The lateral area shows two parts of the sphenoid bone pterygoid process and greater wing. Also seen are three parts of the temporal bone, i.e. petrous temporal, tympanic plate and squamous temporal. Introduction and osteology 15-2 The pterygoid process projects downwards from the junction of greater wing and the body of sphenoid behind the third molar tooth. Inferiorly, it divides into the medial and lateral pterygoid plates which are fused together anteriorly, but are separated posteriorly by the V-shaped pterygoid fossa. The fused anterior borders of the two plates articulate medially with the perpendicular plate of the palatine bone, and are separated laterally from the posterior surface of the body of the maxilla by the pterygomaxillary fissure. The medial pterygoid plate is directed backwards. It has medial and lateral surfaces and a free posterior border. The upper end of posterior border divides to enclose a triangular depression called the scaphoid fossa. The lower end of the posterior border is prolonged downwards and laterally to form the pterygoid hamulus. The lateral pterygoid plate is directed backwards and laterally. It has medial and lateral surfaces and a free posterior border. The lateral surface forms the medial wall of the infratemporal fossa. Its lateral and medial surfaces give origin to muscles. The posterior border sometimes has a projection at its middle called the pterygospinous process, which projects towards the spine of the sphenoid. 3 The infratemporal surface of the greater wing of the sphenoid is pentagonal. a. Its anterior margin forms the posterior border of the inferior orbital fissure fig. 1.11 c. b. Its anterolateral margin forms the infratemporal crest. c. Its posterolateral margin articulates with the squamous temporal. D. Its posteromedial margin articulates with petrous temporal E. Anteromedially, it is continuous with the pterygoid process and with the body of the sphenoid bone. The posterior most point between the posterolateral and posteromedial margins projects downwards to form the spine of the sphenoid. Along the posteromedial margin, the surface is pierced by the following foramina. A. The foramen oval is large and oval in shape. 
It is situated postrolateral to the upper end of the posterior border of lateral pterygoid plate figs and c. B. The foramen spinosum is small and circular in shape. It is situated postrolateral to the foramen ovale, and is limited postrolaterally by the spine of sphenoid figs and c. c. Sometimes, there is the emissary sphenoidal foramen or foramen of Vesalius. It is situated between the head and neck. Head and neck 16 foramen ovale and the scaphoid fossa. Internally, it opens between the foramen ovale and the foramen rotundum. D. At times, there is a canaliculus anominatus situated between the foramen ovale and the foramen spinosum. The spine of the sphenoid may be sharply pointed or blunt. Figs 1.11 and c. The sulcus tubae is the groove between the posteromedial margin of the greater wing of the sphenoid and the petrous temporal bone. It lodges the cartilaginous part of the auditory tube. Posteriorly, the groove leads to the bony part of the auditory tube which lies within the petrous temporal bone figs 1 and c. For the inferior surface of the petrous Greek rock part of the temporal bone is triangular in shape with its apex directed forwards and medially. It lies between the greater wing of the sphenoid and the bassi occiput. Its apex is perforated by the upper end of the carotid canal, and is separated from the sphenoid by the foramen lacerum. The inferior surface is perforated by the lower end of the carotid canal posteriorly. The carotid canal runs forwards and medially within the petrous temporal bone. The foramen lacerum is a short, wide canal, 1 cm long, its lower end is bounded posterolaterally by the apex of the petrous temporal, medially by the bassi occiput and the body of the sphenoid, and anteriorly by the root of the pterygoid process and the greater wing of the sphenoid bone. A part of the petrous temporal bone, called the tegmen tympani, is present in the middle cranial fossa. It has a downturned edge which is seen in the squamotympanic fissure and divides it into the posterior petrotympanic and anterior petrosquamous fissures fig. 1 5 The tympanic part of the temporal bone, also called the tympanic plate, is a triangular curved plate which lies in the angle between the petrous and squamous parts. Its apex is directed medially and lies close to the spine of the sphenoid. The base or lateral border is curved, free and roughened. Its anterior surface forms the posterior wall of the mandibular fossa. The posterior surface is concave and forms the anterior wall, floor, and lower part of the posterior wall of the bony external acoustic metus Its upper border bounds the petrotympanic fissure. The lower border is sharp and free. Medially, it passes along the anterolateral margin of the lower end of the carotid canal. Laterally, it forms the anterolateral part of the sheath of the styloid process. Head and neck. Internally, the tympanic plate is fused to the petrous temporal bone. Six, the squamous part of the temporal bone forms, a. The anterior part of the mandibular articular fossa which articulates with the head of the mandil to form the temporomandibular joint. b. The articular tubicle which is continuous with the anterior root of the zygoma. C. A small postrolateral part of the roof of the infratemporal fossa. Posterior part of Norma basalis median area The median area shows from before backwards. A. The foramen magnum B. The external occipital crest C. The external occipital protuberance D. Nuchal lines. A. The foramen magnum Latin great is the largest foramen of the skull. It opens upwards into the posterior cranial fossa, and downwards into the vertebral canal. 
It is oval in shape, being wider behind than in front where it is overlapped on each side by the occipital condyles figs 1.11b and 1.14b. The external occipital crest begins at the posterior margin of the foramen magnum and ends posteriorly and above at the external occipital protuberance fig. 1.11c. The external occipital protuberance is a projection located at the posterior end of the crest. It is easily felt in the living, in the midline, at the point where the back of the neck becomes continuous with the scalp fig. 1.11a. D. Nuchal lines – The superior nuchal lines begin at the external occipital protuberance and the inferior nuchal lines at the middle of the crest. Both of them curve laterally and backwards and then laterally and forwards. Highest nuchal line is faded and seen above superior nuchal line occasionally. Lateral area – The lateral area shows, the condylar part of the occipital bone. The squamous part of the occipital bone. The jugular foramen between the occipital and petrous temporal bones. The styloid process of the temporal bone. The mastoid part of the temporal bone, a. The condylar or lateral part of the occipital bone presents the following. i. The occipital condyles are oval in shape and are situated on each side of the anterior part of the foramen magnum. Their long axis is directed forwards and medially fig. They articulate with the superior articula. Temporalis masseter V3 lateral pterygoid medial pterygoid styloglossus 12 B stylopharyngeus IX longissimus capitus splenius capitus superior oblique dorsal rami of cervical nerves rectus capitus posterior major and minor semispinalis capitus superior constrictor of pharynx pharyngeal plexus fig 1.14 muscles attached to the facets of the atlas vertebra to form the atlanto occipital joints II the hypoglossal or anterior condylar canal pierces the bone antero superior to the occipital condyle, and is directed laterally and slightly forwards. III. The condylar or posterior condylar canal is occasionally present in the floor of a condylar fossa present behind the occipital condyle. Superiorly, it opens into the sigmoid sulcus. IV. The jugular process of the occipital bone lies lateral to the occipital condyle and forms the posterior boundary of jugular foramen fig. 1.11. b. Squamous part of occipital bone is marked by the superior and inferior nuchal lines mentioned above fig. 1.5. c. The jugular foramen is large and elongated, with its long axis directed forwards and medially. Introduction and osteology 17.0 A palatine aponeurosis musculus uvulae pharyngeal plexus tensor veli palatini v3 levator veli palatini pharyngeal plexus stylohyoid 7 longus capitus ventral rami of cervical rectus capitus lateralis nerves and cervical rectus capitus anterior plexus digastric posterior belly 7 sternocleidomastoid spinal root of 11 trapezius inferior and superior nuchal line occipitalis 7 base of skull with their nerve supply head and neck it is placed at the posterior end of the petrooccipital suture fig. At the posterior end of the foramen, its anterior wall petrous temporal is hollowed out to form jugular fossa which lodges the superior bulb of the internal jugular vein. The fossa is larger on the right side than on the left. The lateral wall of the jugular fossa is pierced by a minute canal, the mastoid canaliculus. Near the medial end of the jugular foramen, there is the jugular notch. At the apex of the notch, there is an opening that leads into the cochlear canaliculus. The tympanic canaliculus opens on or near the thin edge of bone between the jugular fossa and the lower end of the carotid canal. 
D. Styloid process is described in Chapter 8. The stylomastoid foramen is situated posterior to the root of the styloid process, at the anterior end of the mastoid notch. Head and neck 18e. The mastoid process, a component of mastoid part is a large conical projection located posterolateral to the stylomastoid foramen. It is directed downwards and forwards. It forms the lateral wall of the mastoid notch fig. Attachments on exterior of skull 1 The posterior border of the hard palate provides attachment to the palatina ponurosis. The posterior nasal spine gives origin to the musculus uvulae fig. 2 The palatine crest provides attachment to a part of the tendon of tensor veli palatini muscle fig. 3 The attachments on the inferior surface of the bassi occiput are as follows, a. The pharyngeal tubercle gives attachment to the raph which provides insertion to the upper fibers of the superior constrictor muscle of the pharynx fig. 1. 14. b. The area in front of the tubercle forms the roof of the nasopharynx and supports the pharyngeal tonsil. c. The longus capitus is inserted lateral to the pharyngeal tubercle fig. 1.14. d. The rectus capitus anterior is inserted a little posterior and medial to the hypoglossal canal fig. 1.14. For the attachments on the medial pterygoid plate are as follows, a. The pharyngobasilar fascia is attached below to the processus tuberus. Processus tuberus, pterygospinous process is a triangular projection which is present at the middle of the posterior border of medial pterygoid plate. It supports the medial end of cartilaginous part of auditory tube. B. The lower part of the posterior border and the pterygoid hamulus give origin to the superior constrictor of the pharynx. C. The upper part of the posterior border is notched by the auditory tube. D. The pterygomandibular raph is attached to the tip of the pterygoid hamulus at one end and to the mandible behind third molar tooth at the other end. E. The pterygospinous process which is present at the middle of medial pterygoid plate gives attachment to the ligament of same name. 5 The attachments on the lateral pterygoid plate are as follows, a. Its lateral surface gives origin to the larger lower head of lateral pterygoid muscle fig. 1.14. b. Its medial surface gives origin to the deep head of the medial pterygoid. The small, superficial head of this muscle arises from the maxillary head and neck. Process of the palatine bone fig. 1.14. p. Temporal and masseteric nerves. Tympani nerove and auditory tube fig. 1.11c. III pterygospinous ligament, tularicity and the adjoining part of the pyramal 6 The intratemporal surface of the greater wing of sphenoid gives origin to the upper head of the lat al pterygoid muscle, and is crossed by the D7 The spine of the sphenoid is related laterally to auricular temporal nerve, and medially to the che la its tip provides attachment to the sphenoman i bullar ligament anterior ligament of malleus, at its anterior aspect gives origin to the most posterior fibers of the tensor veli palatini and tensor tympa muscles. 8 The inferior surface of petrous temporal bone gives origin to the levator veli palatini fig. 1.14. 9 The margins of the foramen magnum provide attachment to a. The anterior atlanto-occipital membrane, anteriorly see fig. 9.11d. b. The posterior atlanto-occipital membrane, posteriorly c. The ala ligaments on the roughened medial surface of each occipital condyle see fig. 9.12. 10 The ligamentum nuchae is attached to the external occipital protuberance and crest. 
11 The rectus capitis lateralis is inserted into the inferior surface of the jugular process of the occipital bone fig. 12 The following are attached to the squamous part of the occipital bone fig. 1.14. The area between the superior and inferior nuchal lines provides insertion medially to the semispinalis capitis, and laterally to the superior oblique muscle, the area below the inferior nuchal line provides insertion medially to the rectus capitis posterior minor, and laterally to the rectus capitis posterior major fig. 1.14. 13 The mastoid notch gives origin to the posterior belly of the gastric muscle fig. 1.14. Structures passing through foramina 1 each incisive foramen transmits, a. The terminal parts of the greater palatine vessels from the palate to the nose. b. The terminal part of the nasopalatine nerve from the nose to the palate fig. 1.11a. 2 The greater palatine foramen transmits, a. The greater palatine vessels fig. 1.12. B. The anterior palatine nerve, both of which run forwards in the groove that passes forwards from the foramen. 3. The lesser palatine foramina transmit the middle and posterior palatine nerves. 4. The palatino-vaginal canal transmits, a. A pharyngeal branch from the pterygopalatine ganglion see fig. 15.16a. B. A small pharyngeal branch of the maxillary artery. 5 The vomerovaginal canal if patent, transmits branches of the pharyngeal branch from pterygopalatine ganglion and vessels. 6 The foramen ovale transmits mnemonic male a. The mandibular nerve fig. 1.11 b. The accessory meningeal artery c. The lesser petrosal nerve d. An emissary vein connecting the cavernous sinus with the pterygoid plexus of veins. e. Anterior trunk of middle meningeal vein occasionally. 7 The foramen spinosum transmits the middle meningeal artery fig. 1.11a, the meningeal branch of the mandibular nerve or nervous spinosus, and the posterior trunk of the middle meningeal vein. 8 The emissary sphenoidal foramen, foramen of Vesalius transmits an emissary vein connecting the cavernous sinus with the pterygoid plexus of veins. 9 When present the canaliculus anominatus transmits the lesser petrosal nerve in place of foramen ovale. 10 The carotid canal transmits the internal carotid artery, and the venous and sympathetic plexuses around the artery fig. 1 11 The structures passing through the foramen lacerum, during life, the lower part of the foramen is filled with cartilage, and no significant structure passes through the whole length of the canal, except for the meningeal branch of the ascending pharyngeal artery and an emissary vein from the cavernous sinus. However, the upper part of the foramen is traversed by the internal carotid artery with venous and anterior internal carotid artery and sympathetic plexus deep petrosal nerve pterygoid process nerve of pterygoid canal emissary vein pterygoid plexus of veins fig. 1.15 Structures rela. Introduction and osteology 19 Sympathetic plexuses around it in the anterior part of the foramen, the greater petrosal nerve unites with the deep petrosal nerve to form the nerve of the pterygoid canal nerve, which leaves the foramen by entering the pterygoid canal in the anterior wall of the foramen lacerum figs 1 and B. 12 The medial end of the petrotympanic fissure fig. 1 transmits the corda tympani nerve, anterior ligament of malleus and the anterior tympanic artery. 13 The foramen magnum fig. 1 transmits the following through the narrow anterior part, a. Apical ligament of dens b. Vertical band of cruciate ligament c. Membrana tectoria through wider posterior part, a. 
lowest part of Medulla oblongata b3 meninges. Through the subarachnoid space pass, a. Spinal accessory nerves b. Vertebral arteries c. Sympathetic plexus around the vertebral arteries d. Posterior spinal arteries e. Anterior spinal artery. 14 The hypoglossal or anterior condylar canal transmits the hypoglossal nerve, the meningeal branch of the hypoglossal nerve these are the sensory fibers of first cervical spinal nerve supplying the dura mater of posterior cranial fossa, the meningeal branch of the ascending pharyngeal artery, and an emissary vein connecting the sigmoid sinus with the internal jugular vein table 1 15 The posterior condylar canal transmits an emissary vein connecting the sigmoid sinus with suboccipital venous plexus table 1.1. Posterior head and neck greater petrosal nerve petrous temporal meningeal branch of ascending pharyngeal artery cartilage filling lower end of foramen lacerum ed to the foramen lacerum. Head and neck 20 foramen oval foramen spinosum infratemporal crest articular tubicle mandibular fossa tympanic plate styloid process stylomastoid foramen mastoid process mastoid notch groove for occipital artery mastoid canaliculus jugular process of occipital bone fig, 1.15b, portion of right norma basalis shove apical ligament upper vertical band of cruciate ligament arachnoid mater anterior left right vertebral artery fourth part with sympathetic plexus posterior posterior spinal artery lower lowest part of medulla oblongata fig. 1.16 A. Structures pass head and neck 16 The jugular foramen transmits the following structures, I, through the anterior part, A. Inferior petrosal sinus fig. 1.16 B. B. Meningeal branch of the ascending pharyngeal artery II. Through the middle part, IX, X and 11 cranial nerves. III. Through the posterior part, A. Internal jugular vein fig. 1.11a, also see fig. 4.46, of B. D. Chaurasia's Human Anatomy, Volume 4. b. Meningeal branch of the occipital artery. The glossopharyngeal notch near the medial end of the jugular foramen lodges the inferior ganglion of the glossopharyngeal nerve. Greater wing of sphenoid scaphoid fossa foramen lacerum sulcus tube, spine of sphenoid pharyngeal tubical petrous temporal carotid canal lower end hypoglossal canal tympanic canaliculus glossopharyngeal notch jugular foramen mastoid alliculus jugular fossa 5s he foramen magnum condylar fossa with condylar canal is showing foramina of middle and posterior parts T membrana tectoria anterior spinal artery dura mater se first tooth of ligamentum denticulatum spinal root of accessory nerve pia mater passing through foramen magnum fez, inferior petrosal sinus EALS. CNIX CNX 6, CN 11 sigmoid sinus of a fig, 1.16 b, jugular foramen, CN, cranial nerve. 17 The mastoid canaliculus Arnold's canal in the lateral wall of the jugular fossa transmits the auricular branch of the vagus. Arnold's nerve. The nerve passes laterally through the bone, crosses the facial canal, and emerges at the tympanomastoid fissure. The nerve is extracranial at birth, but becomes surrounded by bone as the tympanic plate and mastoid process develop also called alderman's nerve. 18 The tympanic canaliculus on the thin edge of partition between the jugular fossa and carotid canal transmits the tympanic branch of glossopharyngeal nerve, Jacobson's nerve to the middle ear cavity. 19 The stylomastoid foramen transmits the facial nerve and the stylomastoid branch of the posterior auricular artery. Interior of the skull Before beginning a systematic study of the interior, the following general points may be noted. 1 The cranium is lined internally by endocranium which is continuous with the pericranium through the foramina and sutures. 
Table 1.2, D vein 1. Frontal diploic vein 2. Anterior temporal or parietal diploic vein foramen supraorbital for in the greater W mastoid foramen 3. Posterior temporal or parietal diploic vein 4. Occipital diploic vein 5. Small unnamed diploic veins foramen in OCC pierce inner tab margins of sup posterior temporal occipital diplo a. Figs 1.17 a to c a. Diploic veins in an adult b. Section of cranny. Introduction and osteology 21 2 The thickness of the cranial vault is variable. The bones covered with muscles, i.e. temporal and posterior cranial fossae, are thinner than those covered with scalp. Further, the bones are thinner in females than in males, and in children than in adults. Three most of the cranial bones consist of a. An outer table of compact bone which is thick, resilient and tough fig. B. b. An inner table of compact bone which is thin and brittle. c. The diplos which consists of spongy bone filled with red marrow, in between the two tables. The skull bones derive their blood supply mostly from the meningeal arteries from inside and very little from the arteries of the scalp. Blood supply from the outside is rich in those areas where muscles are attached, e.g. the temporal fossa and the suboccipital region. The blood from the diplos is drained by four diploic veins on each side draining into venous sinuses table 1.2 and fig. 1.17a. Many bones, like vomer Latin pterygoid plates, do not have any diplo. Diploic veins Praman wing of sphenoid drainage drain into supraorbital vein sphenoparietal sinus or in anterior deep temporal vein transverse sinus occipital vein or confluence of sinuses venous lacunae nen cipital bone able of skull close to the perior sagittal sinus diploic veins anterior temporal outer table x diplo inner table b Frontal head and neck frontal sinus frontal crest sagittal sulcus granular foveoli pits vascular markings parietal foramen C annual bone showing its structure C internal surface of the skull cap head and neck 22 internal surface of cranial vault the shape the bones present and the sutures uniting them have been described with the norma verticalis the following features may be noted a the inner table is thin and brittle it presents markings produced by meningeal vessels, venous sinuses, arachnoid granulations, and to some extent by cerebral gyri. It also presents raised ridges formed by the attachments of the dural folds. b. The frontal crest lies anteriorly in the median plane. It projects backwards. c. The sagittal sulcus runs from before backwards in the median plane. It becomes progressively wider posteriorly. It lodges the superior sagittal sinus. D. The granular foveoli are deep, irregular, large, pits situated on each side of the sagittal sulcus. They are formed by arachnoid granulations. They are larger and more numerous in aged persons. E. Vascular markings, the groove for the anterior branch of the middle meningeal artery, and the accompanying vein runs upwards 1 cm behind the coronal suture. Smaller grooves for the branches from the anterior and posterior branches of the middle meningeal vessels run upwards and backwards over the parietal bone fig. F. The parietal foramina open near the sagittal sulcus 2.5 to 3.75 cm in front of the lambdoid suture fig. G. The impressions for cerebral gyri are less distinct. These become very prominent in cases of raised intracranial tension. 
competency achievement, the student should be able to, and 26.3 describe cranial cavity, its subdivisions, foramina and structures passing through them. And 30.1 describe the cranial fossae and identify related structures, head and neck internal surface of the base of skull The interior of the base of skull presents natural subdivisions into the anterior, middle and posterior cranial fossae. The dura mater is firmly adherent to the floor of fossae and is continuous with pericranium through the foramina and fissures fig. Anterior cranial fossa refer to BDC app boundaries anteriorly and on the sides, by the frontal bone fig. In the median plane is frontal crest. Posteriorly, it is separated from the middle cranial fossa by the free posterior border of the lesser wing of the sphenoid, the anterior clinoid process, and the anterior margin of the sulcus chiasmaticus. Floor in the median plane, it is formed anteriorly by the the superior surface of the anterior part of the body of cribriform plate of the ethmoid bone, and posteriorly by on each side, the floor is formed mostly by the orbital plate of the frontal bone, and is completed posteriorly by the sphenoid or jugum sphenoidale. The lesser wing of the sphenoid. Other features 1 The cribriform plate of the ethmoid bone separates the anterior cranial fossa from the nasal cavity. It is quadrilateral in shape fig. A. Anterior margin articulates with the frontal boya at the frontoithmoidal suture which is marked in Te median plane by the foramen caecum. This foramen is usually blind, but is occasionally patent. B. Posterior margin articulates with the jugans phenoidale. At the postrolateral corners, we see the posterior ethmoidal canals. C. Its lateral margins articulate with the orbital plate of the frontal bone. The suture between them presents the anterior ethmoidal canal placed behind the crista galli. Fig. 1.18. Anteriorly, the cribriform plate has a midline projection called the crista galli, Latin cox comb. On each side of the crista galli, there are foramina through which the anterior ethmoidal nerve and vessels pass to the nasal cavity. The plate is also perforated by numerous foramina for the passage of olfactory nerve rootlets. 2 The jugum sphenoidale separates the anterior cranial fossa from the sphenoidal sinuses. 3 The orbital plate of the frontal bone separates the anterior cranial fossa from the orbit. It supports the orbital surface of the frontal lobe of the brain, and presents reciprocal impressions. The frontal air sinus may extend into its anteromedial part. The medial margin of the plate covers the labyrinth of the ethmoid, and the posterior margin articulates with the lesser wing of the sphenoid. For the lesser wing of the sphenoid is broad medially where it is continuous with the jugum sphenoidale and tapers laterally. The free posterior border fits into the stem of the lateral sulcus of the brain. It ends medially as a prominent projection, the anterior clinoid process. Infra really, the posterior border forms the upper boundary of the superior orbital fissure. Medially, the lesser wing is connected to the body of the sphenoid by anterior and posterior roots, which enclose the optic canal. Anterior ethmoidal canal Posterior ethmoidal canal Frontal sinus optic canal Foramen rotundum Foramen oval Foramen spinosum Foramen lacerum and apex of petrous temporal dorsum cellae Clivus hypoglossal canal Groove for sigmoid sinus Vermian fossa Groove for transverse sinus Cerebral fossa Occipital lobe A frontal sinus Anterior cranial fossa O anterior clinoid process Middle cranial fossa Dorsum cellae Posterior cranial fossa B figs 1.18 and B. A. All three cranial faux clinical anatomy fracture of the anterior cranial fossa may cause bleeding and discharge of cerebrospinal fluid. 
Introduction and osteology 23 Frontal crest ethmoid bone cribriform plate of ethmoid crista galli frontal bone, lesser wing of sphenoid bone superior orbital fissure greater wing of sphenoid bone hyperfacile fossa cella tersica, posterior clinoid process space for trigeminal ganglion temporal bone, petrous part petro-occipital fissure internal acoustic metus jugular foramen foramen magnum cerebellar fossa, part of posterior cranial fossa confluence of the sinuses internal occipital protuberance a Cribriform plate of ethmoid 0 U. U anterior margin of sulcus chiasmaticus posterior border of lesser wing of sphenoid tuberculum cellae posterior clinoid process head and neck superior border of petrous temporal foramen magnum SAE, B. Divisions of skull into three fossae through the nose. It may also cause a condition called black eye which is produced by seepage of blood into the eyelid, as frontalis muscle has no bony origin see fig. 2.8. Head and neck 24 middle cranial fossa refer to BDC app it is deeper than the anterior cranial fossa, and is shaped like a butterfly, being narrow and shallow in the middle, and wide and deep on each side. Boundaries anterior 1 posterior border of the lesser wing of the sphenoid 2 anterior clinoid process 3 anterior margin of the sulcus chiasmaticus posterior 1 superior border of the petrous temporal bone 2 the dorsum cellae of the sphenoid lateral 1 greater wing of the sphenoid 2 anteroinferior angle of the parietal bone 3 the squamous temporal bone floor floor is formed by body of sphenoid in the median region and by greater wing of sphenoid, squamous temporal and anterior surface of petrous temporal on each side. Other features median area, the body of the sphenoid presents the following features. 1 The sulcus chiasmaticus or optic groove leads, on each side, to the optic canal. The optic chiasma does not occupy the sulcus, it lies at a higher level well behind the sulcus. 2 The optic canal leads to the orbit. It is bounded laterally by the lesser wing of the sphenoid, in front superior orbital fissure optic canal sulcus chiasmaticus tuberculum cellae head and neck anterior clinoid processing middle clinoid process posterior clinoid process hyperfacile fossa dorsum cellae carotid groove foramen lacerum trigeminal impression hiatus for greater petrosal nerve H fig. 1.19, features. Medially by the body of sphenoid. Iron behind by the two roots of the lesser wing, and three cella tersica pituitary fossa or hyperfacile fossa. The hollowed out in the form of a Turkish saddle, and is upper surface of the body of the sphenoid is known as the cella tersica. It consists of the tubercule u cellae in front, the hyperfacile fossa in the middle nd um the dorsum cellae behind fig. 1.19. The tuberculum cellae separates the optic groove from the hyperfacile fossa. Its lateral ends form the mitral clinoid process which may join the anterior clear vid the hyperfacile fossa lodges the hyperfacis cerere. Process. Beneath the floor of fossa lie the sphenoidal air sinu s the dorsum cellae is a transverse plate of bone projecting upwards, it forms the back of the saddle. The suprolateral angles of the dorsum cellae are expanded to form the posterior clinoid processes. Lateral area 1 The lateral area is deep and lodges the temporal lobe of the brain. 2 It is related anteriorly to the orbit, laterally to the temporal fossa, and inferiorly to the infratemporal fossa. 3 The superior orbital fissure opens anteriorly into the orbit. It is bounded above by the lesser wing, below by the greater wing, and medially by the body of the sphenoid The medial end is wider than the lateral. The long axis of the fissure is directed laterally, upwards and forwards. 
The lower border is marked by a small projection, which provides attachment e foramen rotundum foramen oval foramen spinosum sphenoidal angle of parietal bone groove for middle meningeal vessels squamous temporal tegmen tympani arcuate eminence mastoid angle of parietal bone us for lesser petrosal nerve he middle cranial fossa. 1 1 la rob th or to the common tendinous ring of zin. The ring divides the fissure into three parts. For the greater wing of the sphenoid presents the following features. A. The foramen rotundum leads anteriorly to the pterygopalatine fossa containing pterygopalatine ganglia B. The foramen oval lies posterolateral to the foramen rotundum and lateral to the lingula. It leads inferiorly to the infratemporal fossa figs 1.18 and 1.19. C. The foramen spinosum lies posterolateral to the foramen oval. It also leads, inferiorly, to the infratemporal fossa figs 1.18 and 1.19. d. The emissary sphenoidal foramen or foramen of Vesalius carries an emissary vein. 5. The foramen lacerum lies at the posterior end of the carotid groove, posteromedial to the foramen oval. 6. The anterior surface of the petrous temporal bone presents the following features. A. The trigeminal impression lies near the apex, behind the foramen lacerum. It lodges the trigeminal ganglion within its dural cave B. The hiatus and groove for the greater petrosal nerve are present lateral to the trigeminal impression. They lead to the foramen lacerum C. The hiatus and groove for the lesser petrosal nerve lie lateral to the hiatus for the greater petrosal nerve. They lead to the foramen oval or to canalicular synominatus to relay in otic ganglion fig. D. Still more laterally there is the arcuate eminence produced by the superior semicircular canal. E. The tegmen tympani is a thin plate of bone anterolateral to the arcuate eminence. It forms a continuous sloping roof for the tympanic antrum, for the tympanic cavity and for the canal for the tensor tympani. The lateral margin of the tegmen tympani is turned downwards, it forms the lateral wall of the bony auditory tube. Its lower edge is seen in the squamotympanic fissure and divides it into the petrosquamous and petrotympanic fissures. 7 The cerebral surface of the squamous temporal bone is concave. It shows impressions for the temporal lobe and grooves for branches of the middle meningeal vessels. Th on ul k ter clinical anatomy fracture of the middle cranial fossa produces, a. Bleeding and discharge of CSF through the ear. b. Bleeding through the nose or mouth may occur due to involvement of the sphenoid bone. Introduction and osteology 25 c. The seventh and eighth cranial nerves may be damaged, if the fracture also passes through the internal acoustic metis. If a semicircular canal is damaged, vertigo may occur. 5-1 Posterior cranial fosca refer to BDCAOD. This is the largest and deepest of the three cranial fossae. The posterior cranial fossa contains the hindbrain which consists of the cerebellum behind and the pons and medulla in front boundaries anterior 1 the superior border of the petrous temporal bone 2 the dorsum cellae of the sphenoid bone fig. 118a posterior, squareness part of the occipital bone on each side 1 mastoid part of the temporal bone 2 the mastoid angle of the parietal bone floor median area 1 sloping area behind the dorsum cellae or clivus in front 2 the foramen magnum in the middle 3 the squamous 
occipital behind lateral area 1 condyla or lateral part of occipital bone 2 posterior surface of the petrous temporal bone 3 mastoid temporal bone 4 mastoid angle of the parietal bone head and neck other features median area 1 the clivus is the sloping surface in front of the foramen magnum it is formed by fusion of the posterior part of the body of the sphenoid including the dorsum cellae with the basilar part of the occipital bone or bassi occiput it is related to the basilar plexus of veins, and supports the pons and medulla fig. On each side, the clivus is separated from the petrous temporal bone by the petro-occipital fissure which is grooved by the inferior petrosal sinus, and is continuous behind with the jugular foramen. 2. The foramen magnum lies in the floor of the fossa. The anterior part of the foramen is narrow because it is overlapped by the medial surfaces of the occipital condyles. 3 The squamous part of the occipital bone shows the following features. Head and neck 26 6A. The internal occipital protuberance lies opposite the external occipital protuberance. It is related to the confluence of sinuses, and is grooved on each side by the beginning of transverse sinuses. B. The internal occipital crest runs in the median plane from the internal occipital protuberance to the foramen magnum where it forms a shallow depression, the vermian fossa fig. C. The transverse sulcus is quite wide and runs laterally from the internal occipital protuberance to the mastoid angle of the parietal bone where it becomes continuous with the sigmoid sulcus. The transverse sulcus lodges the transverse sinus. The right transverse sulcus is usually wider than the left and is continuous medially with the superior sagittal sulcus fig. D. On each side of the internal occipital crest, there are deep fossae which lodge the cerebellar hemispheres fig. Lateral area 1 The condylar part of the occipital bone is marked by the following A. The jugular tubercle lies over the occipital condyle. B. The hypoglossal canal, anterior canal pierces the bone postero anterior to the jugular tubercle and runs obliquely forwards and laterally along the line of fusion between the basilar and the condylar parts of the occipital bone. C. The condylar canal, posterior canal opens in the lower part of the sigmoid sulcus which indents the jugular process of occipital bone. 2. The posterior surface of the petrous part of the temporal bone forms the anterolateral wall of the posterior cranial fossa. The following features may be noted. A. The internal acoustic meatus opens above the anterior part of the jugular foramen. It is about clivus head and neck petro-occipital fissure membrana tectoria part of cruciate ligament apical ligament of dens hypoglossal canal jugular tubercle foramen magnum vermian fossa internal occipital crest internal occipital protuberance fig. 1.20, features of th. CENEE 1 cm long and runs transversely in a lateral of bone known as lamina cribrosa which separates direction. It is closed laterally by a perforated plate at from the internal ear figs 1.18 and 1.20. b. The orifice of the aqueduct of the vestibule is a narrow slit lying behind the internal acoustic meatus. c. The subarcuate fossa lies below the arcuate 3. The jugular foramen lies at the posterior end of He eminence, lateral to the internal acoustic mes petro-occipital fissure. The upper margin is sharp 5 no ch. It ee and irregular, and presents the glossopharyngeal. The lower margin is smooth and regular. ER4 The mastoid part of the temporal bone forms the lateral wall of the posterior cranial fossa just behind He petrous part of the bone. 
Anteriorly, it is marked by the sigmoid sulcus which begins as a down W road continuation of the transverse sulcus at the mastered angle of the parietal bone, and ends at the jugular foramen. The sigmoid sulcus lodges the sigmoid seus which become the internal jugular vein at the jugu R foramen figs and The sulcus is related anteriorly to the tympanic antrum. The mastoid foramen opens into the upper part of the sulcus. E-clinical anatomy TY fracture of the posterior cranial fossa causes bruising over the mastoid region extending down over the sternocleidomastoid muscle. S1 attachments and relations, interior of the skull attachment on vault 1R1 The frontal crest gives attachment to the FALX cerebri see fig. 12.2. Two the lips of the sagittal sulcus give attachment to the FALX cerebri see fig. 12.2. E internal acoustic meter subarcuate fossa orifice of aqueduct of vestibule jugular foramen sigmoid sulcus mastoid angle of parietal bone glossopharyngeal notch transverse sulcus cerebellar fossa the posterior cranial fossa. Anterior cranial fossa 1 the crista galli gives attachment to the FALX cerebri. 2 the orbital surface of the frontal bone supports the frontal lobe of the brain. 3 The anterior clinoid processes give attachment to the free margin of the tentorium cerebelli. See fig. 12.3. Middle cranial fossa 1 The middle cranial fossa lodges the temporal lobe of the cerebral hemisphere. 2 The tuberculum cellae provides attachment to the diaphragma cellae. See fig. 12.5. 3 The hypophysile fossa lodges the hypophysis cerebri. 4 Upper margin of the dorsum cellae provides attachment to the diaphragma cellae, and the posterior clinoid process to anterior end of the attached margin of tentorium cerebelli and to the petrosphenoidal ligament see fig. 12.3. 5 One cavernous sinus lies on each side of the body of the sphenoid. The internal carotid artery passes through the cavernous sinus see fig. 12.6. 6 The superior border of the petrous temporal bone is grooved by the superior petrosal sinus and provides attachment to the attached margin of the tentorium cerebelli. It is grooved in its medial part by the trigeminal nerve trigeminal impression posterior cranial fossa 1 The posterior cranial fossa contains the hindbrain which consists of the cerebellum behind, and the pons and medulla in front. 2 The lower part of the clivus provides attachment to the apical ligament of the dens near the foramen magnum, upper vertical band of cruciate ligament and to the membrana tectoria just above the apical ligament fig. 3 The internal occipital crest gives attachment to the FALX cerebelli. 4 The jugular tubercle is grooved by the 9th, 10th and 11th cranial nerves as they pass to the jugular foramen. 5 The subarcuate fossa on the posterior surface of petrous temporal bone lodges the flocculus of the cerebellum. Competency achievement, the student should be able to, and 30.2 describe and identify major foramina with structures passing through them. Point six structures passing through foramina The following foramina seen in the cranial fossae have been dealt with under the norma basalis, foramen oval, foramen spinosum, emissary sphenoidal foramen, foramen lacerum, foramen magnum, jugular. Introduction and osteology 27 foramen, hypoglossal canal, and posterior condylar canal. Additional foramina seen in the cranial fossae are as follows. 1 The foramen caecum in the anterior cranial fossa is usually blind, but occasionally it transmits a vein from the upper part of nose to the superior sagittal sinus. 2 The posterior ethmoidal canal transmits the vessels of the same name. Note that the posterior ethmoidal nerve does not pass through the canal as it terminates earlier. 
3 The anterior ethmoidal canal transmits the corresponding nerve and vessels. 4 The optic canal transmits the optic nerve and the ophthalmic artery. 5 The three parts of the superior orbital fissure transmit the following structures. Lateral part A. Lacrimal nerve B. Frontal nerve C. Trochlear nerve D. Superior ophthalmic vein middle part A. Upper and lower divisions of the oculomotor nerve table 1.4 B. Nasociliary nerve in between the two divisions of the oculomotor C. The abducent nerve, inferolateral to the foregoing nerves see fig. 13.4 medial part A. Inferior ophthalmic vein B. Sympathetic nerves from the plexus around the internal carotid artery 6 The foramen rotundum transmits the maxillary nerve see fig. 15.15. 7 The internal acoustic metus transmits the 7th and 8th cranial nerves and the labyrinthine vessels. Head and neck principles governing fractures of the skull 1 Fractures of the skull are prevented by a. Its elasticity b. Rounded shape c. Construction from a number of secondary elastic arches, each made up of a single bone d. The muscles covering the thin areas. 2 Since the skull is an elastic sphere filled with the semifluid brain, a violent blow on the skull produces a splitting effect commencing at the site of the blow and tending to pass along the lines of least resistance. 3 The base of the skull is more fragile than the vault, and is more commonly involved in such fractures, particularly along the foramina. Head and neck 28 4 The inner table is more brittle than the outer table. Therefore, fractures are more extensive on the inner table. Occasionally, only the inner table is fractured and the outer table remains intact. 5 The common sites of fracture in the skull are, a. The parietal area of the vault b. The middle cranial fossa of the base. This fossa is weakened by numerous foramina and canals. The facial bones commonly fractured are, a. The nasal bone b. The mandible. The orbit The orbits are pyramidal bony cavities, situated one on each side of the root of the nose. They provide sockets for rotatory movements of the eyeballs. They also protect the eyeballs refer to BDC app. Shape and disposition Each orbit resembles a four-sided pyramid. Thus, it has, an apex situated at the posterior end of orbit at the medial end of superior orbital fissure. A base seen as the orbital opening on the face. Four walls, roof, floor, lateral and medial walls. The long axis of the orbit passes backwards and medially. The medial walls of the two orbits are parallel and the lateral walls are set at right angles to each other fig. 1.21. Roof it is concave from side to side. It is formed, one mainly by the orbital plate of the frontal bone. Visual axis head and neck orbital axis medial wall of orbit lateral wall of orbit optic nerve fig. 1.21, diagram comparing the orientation of the orbital axis and the visual axis. 2 It is completed posteriorly by the lesser wing of the sphenoid fig. 1.22a. Relations 1 It separates the orbit from the anterior cranial fossa. 2 The frontal air sinus may extend into its anteromedial five-part. Named features 1 The lacrimal fossa, placed anterolaterally, lodges the lacrimal gland fig. 1.22a. 2 The optic canal lies posteriorly, at the junction of the roof and medial wall figs 1.22a and b. 3 The trochlear fossa lies anteromedially. It proides attachment to the fibrous pulley or trochlea for the tendon of the superior oblique muscle fig. 1.22 A lateral wall This is the thickest and strongest of all the walls o the orbit. 
It is formed, one by the anterior surface of the greater wing of the sphenoid bone, posteriorly fig. B. two by the orbital surface of the frontal process of the zygomatic bone, anteriorly. EDLR relations 1 The greater wing of the sphenoid separates the orbit from the middle cranial fossa. 2 The zygomatic bone separates it from the temporal fossa. Named features 1 The superior orbital fissure occupies the posterior part of the junction between the roof and lateral wall. 2 The foramen for the zygomatic nerve is seen in the zygomatic bone. 3 Whitnall's or zygomatic tubercle is a palpable elevation on the zygomatic bone just within the orbital margin it provides attachment to the lateral check ligament of eyeball fig. Floor it slopes upwards and medially to join the medial wall it is formed, one mainly by the orbital surface of the maxilla fig. B. 2 by the lower part of the orbital surface of the zygomatic bone, anterolaterally. 3 The orbital process of the palatine bone, at the posterior angle. Is relation it separates the orbit from the maxillary sinus. Orbital plate of frontal bone lacrimal fossa superior orbital fissure Whitnall's tubercle greater wing of sphenoid orbital branches of pterygopalatine ganglion orbital surface of zygomatic bone 2 foramen for zygomatic nerve roof zygomatic nerve in inferior orbital fissure M infraorbital nerve and artery in the groove infraorbital fora floor fig. 1.22 at the orbit seen FR optic CA orbital surface of lesser wing of sphenoid bone superior orbital fissure orbital surface of greater wing of sphenoid bone orbital process of Palatine bone zygomaticofacial foramen orbital surface of zygomatic bone inferior orbital fissure orbital surface fig. 1.22b. The orbit S named features 1. The inferior orbital fissure occupies the posterior part of the junction between the lateral wall and floor. Through this fissure, the orbit communicates with the infratemporal fossa anteriorly and with the pterygopalatine fossa posteriorly. Figs 1.22a and b. 2 The infraorbital groove runs forwards in relation to the floor. 3 A small depression on anteromedial part of the floor gives origin to inferior oblique muscle. Introduction and osteology 29 EO supraorbital notch trochlear fossa lesser wing of sphenoid optio canal anterior and posterior ethmoidal canals orbital plate of ethmoid lacrimal groove lacrimal bone frontal process of maxilla body of the sphenoid origin of inferior oblique muscle orbital surface of maxilla orbital process of palatina ramen n from the front schematic C canal supraorbital notch orbital surface of frontal bone orbital plate of ethmoid bone lacrimal bone nasal bone frontal process of maxilla bone infraorbital Orbital groove infraorbital foramen head and neck face of maxilla bit seen from the front medial wall it is very thin. From before backwards, it is formed by, 1 the frontal process of the maxilla 2 the lacrimal bone fig. 3 the orbital plate of the ethmoid 4 the body of the sphenoid bone. Relations 1 the lacrimal groove, formed by the maxilla and the lacrimal bone, separates the orbit from the nasal cavity. Head and neck 32 The orbital plate of the ethmoid separates the orbit from the ethmoidal air sinuses. 3 The sphenoidal sinuses are separated from the orbit only by a thin layer of bone. Named features 1 The lacrimal groove lies anteriorly on the medial wall. It is bounded anteriorly by the lacrimal crest of the frontal process of the maxilla, and posteriorly by the crest of the lacrimal bone. The floor of the groove is formed by the maxilla in front and by the lacrimal bone behind. The groove lodges the lacrimal sac which lies deep to the lacrimal fascia bridging the lacrimal groove. The groove leads inferiorly, through the nasolacrimal duct, to the inferior metis of the nose see fig. 
Two, the anterior and posterior ethmoidal foramina lie on the frontoethmoidal suture, at the junction of the roof and medial wall. Foramina in relation to the orbit 1 The structures passing through the optic canal and through the superior orbital fissure have been described in cranial fossae see fig. 13.4. 2 The inferior orbital fissure transmits, a. The zygomatic nerve, b. The orbital branches of the pterygopalatine ganglion, c. The infraorbital nerve and vessels, and the communication between the inferior ophthalmic vein and the pterygoid plexus of veins fig. 1 3 The infraorbital groove and canal transmit the corresponding nerve and vessels. 4 The zygomatic foramen transmits the zygomatic nerve. 5 The anterior ethmoidal foramen transmits the corresponding nerve and vessels. 6 Posterior ethmoidal foramen only transmits vessels of same name fig. 1 Fetal skull, neonatal skull head and neck dimensions One skull is large in proportion to the other parts of skeleton Two facial skeleton is small as compared to calvaria. In fetal skull, the facial skeleton is one-seventh of calvaria, in adults, it is half of calvaria. The facial skeleton is small due to rudimentary mandible and maxillae, non-eruption of teeth, and small size of maxillary sinus and nasal cavity. The large size of calvaria is due to precocious growth of brain. Three base of the skull is short and narrow, though internal ear is almost of adult size, the petrous temporal has not reached the adult length. Structure of bones There is no diplo. The tables and diplos appear the bones of cranial vault are smooth and unilamello fourth year of age fig. 1 and table 1.2. Bony prominences One frontal and parietal tubera are prominent. Are not developed two glabella, superciliary arches, and mastoid pieces paranasal air sinuses, these are rudimentary or absent. Temporal bone 1 The internal ear, tympanic cavity, tympanic atrun, and ear ossicles are of adult size. 2 The tympanic part is represented by an incomplete tympanic ring. 3 Mastoid process is absent, it appears during the late part of second year. 4 External acoustic metus is short and straight. In bony part is unossified and represented by a fibrocartilaginous plate. Five tympanic membrane faces more downwards than laterally due to the absence of mastoid process. Six stylomastoid foramen is exposed on the lateral surface of the skull because mastoid portion is flat. Seven styloid process lies immediately behind the tympanic ring and has not fused with the remainder of the temporal bone. 8 Mandibular fossa is flat and placed more laterally and the articular tubercle has not developed. 9 The subarcuate fossa is very deep and prominent 10 Facial canal is short. Orbits These are large. The germs of developing teeth lies close to the orbital floor. Orbit comprises base or an outer opening with upper, lower, medial and lateral walls Its apex lies at the optic foramen, canal. It also has superior and inferior orbital fissures. Ossification – Two halves of frontal bone are separated by metopic suture. The mandible is also present in two halves. It is a derivative of first branchial arch. Occipital bone is in four parts squamous one, condylar two, and basilar one. The four bony elements of temporal bone are separate, except for the commencing union of the tympanic part with the squamous and petrous parts. The second center for styloid process has not appeared. Unossified membranous gaps, a total of six fontanelles at the angles of the parietal bones are present fig. 1 Squamous suture between parietal and squamous temporal bones is present. 
postnatal growth of skull the growth of calvaria and facial skeleton proceeds at different rates and over different periods. Growth of calvaria is related to growth of brain, whereas that of the facial skeleton is related to the development of dentition, muscles of mastication, and of the tongue. The rates of growth of the base and vault are also different growth of the vault one rate, rapid during first year, and then it slows up to the seventh year when it is almost of adult size. 2. Growth in breadth – This growth occurs at the sagittal suture, sutures bordering greater wings, occipitomastoid suture, and the petrooccipital suture at the base. 3. Growth in height – This growth occurs at the frontozygomatic suture, terion, squamosal suture, and asterion. 4. Growth in anteroposterior diameter – This growth occurs at the coronal and lambdoid sutures. Growth of the base The base grows in anteroposterior diameter at three cartilaginous plates situated between the occipital and sphenoid bones, between the pre- and post-sphenoids, and between the sphenoid and ethmoid. Growth of the face 1 Growth of orbits and ethmoid is completed by seventh year. 2 In the face, the growth occurs mostly during first year, although it continues till puberty and even later. Closure of fontanelle's anterior fontanelle closes by 18 months, mastoid fontanelle by 12 months, posterior fontanelle by 2 to 3 months, and sphenoidal fontanelle also by 2 to 3 months. Fig. 1.3. Introduction and osteology 31 Clinical anatomy Fontanelles help to determine the age in 1 to 2 years of child. Help to know the intracranial pressure. In case of increased pressure, bulging is seen and in case of dehydration, depression is seen at the site of fontanelles. Thickening of bones 1-2 tables and diplo appear by fourth year. Differentiation reaches maximum by about 35 years, when the diploic veins produce characteristic marking in the radiographs. Two mastoid process appears during second year, and the mastoid air cells during sixth year. T of of 2. O obliteration of sutures of the vault 1 obliteration begins on the inner surface between 30 and 40 years, and on the outer surface between 40 and 50 years. O2 The timings are variable, but it usually takes place first in the lower part of the coronal suture, next in the posterior part of the sagittal suture, and then in the lambdoid suture. Al, NEED In old age the skull generally becomes thinner and lighter but in small proportion of cases, it increases in thickness and weight. The most striking feature is reduction in the size of mandible and maxillae due to loss of teeth and absorption of alveolar processes. This causes decrease in the vertical height of the face and a change in the angles of the mandible which become more obtuse. RSEEDS – Sex differences in the skull There are no sex differences until puberty. The postpubertal differences are listed in Table 1.3. Warmian or sutural bones These are small irregular bones found in the region of the fontanelles, and are formed by additional ossification centers. They are most common at the lambda and at the asterion, common at the terion bone, and rare at the bregma Warmian bones are common in hydrocephalic skulls. Head and neck U Street NS, La Craniometry Cephalic Index It expresses the shape of the head, and is the proportion of breadth to length of the skull. Thus, so. Head and neck 32 Table 1.3, sex difted males features heavier larger greater in males thicker more marked 1. Weight 2. Size 3. Capacity 4. Walls 5. Muscular ridges, glabella, superciliary arches, temporal lines, mastoid processes, superior nuchal lines, and external occipital protuberance 6. Tympanic plate larger and margins 7. Supraorbital margin 8. Forehead 9. 
Frontal and parietal tubera 10. Vault 11. Contour of face more rounded sloping receding less prominent rounded longer due to great and projects morpho more rugged due to processes, and zygobreadth cephalic index equals asterisk 100 length The length or longest diameter is measured from the glabella to the occipital point, the breadth or widest diameter is measured usually a little below the parietal tubera Human races may be, a. dolichocephalic or long-headed when the index is 75 or less b. Mesacephalic when the index is between 75 and 80, c. Brachycephalic or short-headed or round-headed when the index is above 80. d. Dolichocephaly is a feature of primitive races, like Eskimos, Negroes, etc. e. Brachycephaly through mesacephaly has been a continuous change in the advanced races, like the Europeans, head and neck facial angle This is the angle between two lines drawn from the Nasian to the Bayesian or anterior margin of foramen magnum and a line drawn from Bayesian to the prostheon or central point on upper incisor alveolus fig. 1 Facial angle is a rough index of the degree of development of the brain because it is the angle between facial skeleton, i.e. viscerocranium, and the calvaria, i.e. neurocranium, which are inversely proportional to each other. The angle is the smallest in the most evolved races. Females' rences in the skull lighter smaller 10% less than males thinner less marked smaller and mars, ns are a more roughened less roughened sharp vertical more prominent somewhat flattened outer depth of the jaws. Chin is bigger rounded, facial boys are smoother, and ma dibble and maxillae are smaller forwards. In general, the skull is o muscular markings and gametic bones are more massive of man, it is larger in lower races, and still larger in anthropoids. Abnormal crania oxycephaly or acrocephaly, tower skull, or steeple skull is an abnormally tall skull. It is due to premature closure of the suture between presphenoid and postsphenoid in the base, and the coronal suture in skull cap, so tile the skull is very short anteroposteriorly. Compensation is done by the upward growth of skull for the enlarging brain. Scaphocephaly or boat-shaped skull is due to premature synostosis in the sagittal suture, as a result the skull is very narrow from side to side but greatly elongated. Competency achievement, the student should be able to, and 26.4 describe morphological features of mandible? Mandible The mandible, or the lower jaw, is the largest and the strongest bone of the face. It develops from the fur's pharyngeal arch. It has a horseshoe-shaped body which lodges the teeth, and a pair of rami which project rami provide attachment to the muscles of mastication upwards from the posterior ends of the body. The refer to BDC app. Body Each half of the body has outer and inner surfaces, and upper and lower borders. The outer surface presents the following features. a. The symphysis menti is the line at which the right and left halves of the bone meet each other. It is marked by a faint ridge fig. b. The mental protuberance is a median triangular projecting area in the lower part of the midline. The inferolateral angles of the protuberance form the mental tubercles. C. The mental foramen lies below the interval between the premolar teeth table 1.4. D. The oblique line is the continuation of the sharp anterior border of the ramus of the mandible. It runs downwards and forwards towards the mental tubercle. E. The incisive fossa is a depression that lies just below the incisor teeth. The inner surface presents the following features. A. The mylohyoid line is a prominent ridge that runs obliquely downwards and forwards from below the third molar tooth to the median area below the genial tubercles see below, fig. 1.23b. b. 
Below the mylohyoid line, the surface is slightly hollowed out to form the submandibular fossa, which lodges the submandibular gland. C. Above the mylohyoid line, there is the sublingual fossa in which the sublingual gland lies. D. The posterior surface of the symphysis mentee is marked by four small elevations called the superior and inferior genial tubercles. E. The mylohyoid groove present on the ramus extends onto the body below the posterior end of the mylohyoid line the upper or alveolar border bears sockets for the teeth. The lower border of the mandible is also called the base. Near the midline, the base shows an oval depression called the digastric fossa. Mandibular notch coronoid process condylar head process neck alveolar process bearing teeth body ramus mental angle foramen oblique line base mental prominence fig. 1.23 outer surface of right half of the mandible. Introduction and osteology condylar process coronoid process aphonomandibular ligament lingula sublingual fossa foramen myloyoid groove wylohyoid ins conial tubercles submandibular tossa digastro fossa fig. 1.23b inner surface of right health of the mandible pamus the ramus is quadrilateral in shape and has two surfaces lateral and medial four borders upper lower anterior and posterior two processes coronoid and condyloid. The lateral surface is flat and bears a number of oblique ridges. The medial surface presents the following one The mandibular foramen lies a little above the center of ramus at the level of occlusal surfaces of the teeth. It leads into the mandibular canal which descends into the body of the mandible and opens at the mental foramen fig. The anterior margin of the mandibular foramen is marked by a sharp tongue-shaped projection called the lingula. The lingula is directed towards the head or condyloid process of the mandible. 3 The mylohyoid groove begins just below the mandibular foramen, and runs downwards and forwards to be gradually lost over the submandi o bullar fossa. The upper border of the ramus is thin and is curved downwards forming the mandibular notch. The lower border is the backward continuation of the eye base of the mandible. Posteriorly, it ends by becoming continuous with the posterior border at the angle of the mandible. The anterior border is thin, while the posterior border is thick. The coronoid Greek crow's beak process is a flattened triangular upward projection from the antero-superior part of the ramus. Its anterior border is continuous with the anterior border of the ramus. The posterior border bounds the mandibular notch. Head and neck. Head and neck 34 The condyloid Latin process is a strong upward projection from the postero-superior part of the ramus. Its upper end is expanded from side to side to form the head. The head is covered with fibrocartilage and articulates with the temporal bone to form the temporomandibular joint. The constriction below the head is the neck. Its anterior surface presents a depression called the pterygoid fovea. Attachments and relations of the mandible 1 The oblique line on the lateral side of the body gives origin to the buccinator as far forwards as the anterior border of the first molar tooth. In front of this origin, the depressor labi inferioris and the depressor anguli oris arise from the oblique line below the mental foramen fig. 1.24. 2. The incisive fossa gives origin to the mentalis and mental slips of the orbicularis oris. 3. The parts of both the inner and outer surfaces just below the alveolar margin are covered by the mucous membrane of the mouth. 4. Mylohyoid line gives origin to the mylohyoid muscle fig. 1.23b. 5 Superior constrictor muscle of the pharynx arises from an area above the posterior end of the mylohyoid line. 
Six pteragomandibular raph is attached immediately behind the third molar tooth in continuation with the origin of superior constrictor. Seven upper genial tubercle gives origin to the genioglossus, and the lower tubercle to geniohyoid fig. Eight anterior belly of the digastric muscle arises from the digastric fossa fig. Nine deep cervical fascia investing layer is attached to the whole length of lower border. Masseteric nerve and V-head and neck temporalis masseter buccinato facial vessels fig. 1.24, muscle attachments and re. Fig. 1.24. E2E masseter muscle fig. 1.24. Cover by the parotid gland. Lingula fig. 1.23b. 10 The platysma is inserted into the low board 11 hole of the lateral surface of ramus ECEPT postero superior part provides insertito 13's phenomandibular ligament is attached to the 12 posterior superior part of the lateral surface 14 The medial pterygoid muscle is insert on the medial surface of the ramus, on the ruft and below and behind the mylohyoid groove. 1.2515 The temporalis is inserted into the apex and med surface of the coronoid process. The isertio extends downwards on the anterior board oft 16 the lateral pterygoid muscle is inserted nto the pterygoid fovea on the anterior aspect of he ne 17 the lateral surface of neck provides attachment the lateral ligament of the temporomandibular joint ramus fig 1.24 fig 1.24 c fig 6.9 Foramina and relations to nerves and vessel 1 The mental foramen transmits the mental nerve and vessels fig. 2 The inferior alveolar nerve and vessels enter the mandibular canal through the mandibular foramen, and run forwards within the canal. 3 The mylohyoid nerve and vessels lie in the mylohi oil groove fig. 4 The lingual nerve is related to the medial surface of the ramus in front of the mylohyoid groove fig. 5 The area above and behind the mandibular foramen is related to the inferior alveolar nerve and vessels and to the maxillary artery fig. Essels depress a labi inferioris mental foramen with mental nerve and vessels ex mentalis orbicularis oris depressor platysma ons of outer surface of the mandible anguli oris. Maxillary temporalis inferior alveolar artery and nerve lingual nerve superior constrictor pterygomandibular raph sublingual salivary gland in sublingual fossa genioglossus geniohyoid digastric, anterior belly fig. 1.25, muscle attachments and rela 6 The masseteric nerve and vessels pass through the mandibular notch fig. 1.24. 7 The auricular temporal nerve and superficial temporal artery are related to the medial side of the neck of mandible fig. 1.25. 8 Facial artery is palpable on the lower border of mandible at anteroinferior angle of masseter fig. 1.24. 9 Facial and maxillary arteries are not accompanied by respective nerves. The lingual nerve does not get company of its artery. Ossification The mandible is the second bone, next to the clavicle, to ossify in the body. Its greater part ossifies in membrane. The parts ossifying in cartilage include the incisive part below the incisor teeth, the coronoid and condyloid processes, and the upper half of the ramus above the level of the mandibular foramen. Each half of the mandible ossifies from only one center which appears at about the sixth week of intrauterine life in the mesenchymal sheath of Meckel's cartilage near the future mental foramen. Meckel's cartilage is the skeletal element of first pharyngeal arch. At birth, the mandible consists of two halves connected at the symphysis menti by fibrous tissue. 
Bony union takes place during the first year of life. Age changes in the mandible in infants and children one the two halves of the mandible fuse during the first year of life fig. Introduction and osteology 35 Arie artery lateral pterygoid auriculotemporal nerve superficial temporal artery external carotid artery mylohyoid groove with nerve and artery to mylohyoid medial pleurigoid submandibular salivary gland in submandibular fossa mylohyoid lations of inner surface of the mandible 2 at birth, the mental foramen opens below the sockets for the two deciduous molar teeth near the lower border. This is so because the bone is made up only of the alveolar part with teeth sockets. The mandibular canal runs near the lower border. The foramen and canal gradually shift upwards. 3. The angle is obtuse. It is 140 degrees or more because the head is in line with the body. The coronoid process is large and projects upwards above the level of the condyl in adults. 1. The mental foramen opens midway between the upper and lower borders because the alveolar and subalveolar parts of the bone are equally developed. The mandibular canal runs parallel with the mylohyoid line 2. The angle reduces to about 110 degrees or 120 degrees because the ramus becomes almost vertical fig. In old age one teeth fall out and the alveolar border is absorbed, so that the height of body is markedly reduced fig. 2. The mental foramen and the mandibular canal are close to the alveolar border. 3 The angle again becomes obtuse about 140 degrees because the ramus is oblique. Head and neck structures related to mandible salivary glands, parotid, submandibular and sublingual figs 1.23 and b. Lymph nodes, parotid, submandibular and submental. Head and neck 3600 a. Child b. Adult figs 1.26 a to c, age ch arteries 7, maxillary, superficial temporal, masseteric, inferior alveolar, mylohyoid, mental and facial figs 1.24 and 1.25. Nerves 6, lingual, auriculotemporal, masseteric, inferior alveolar, mylohyoid and mental figs 1.24 and 1.25. Muscles of mastication, insertions of temporalis, masseter, medial pterygoid and lateral pterygoid. Ligaments, lateral ligament of temporomandibular joint, stylomandibular ligament, sphenomandibular and pterygomandibular RAF fig. Clinical anatomy, the mandible is commonly fractured at the canine socket where it is weak fig. Involvement of the inferior alveolar nerve in the callus may cause neuralgic pain, which may be referred to the areas of distribution of the buccal and auriculotemporal nerves. If the nerve is paralyzed, the areas supplied by these nerves become insensitive. The next common fracture of the mandible occurs at the angle and neck of mandible fig. Head and neck neck canine fossa angle fig. 1.27, fracture of the mandible at the neck, at the angle and at canine fossa. O C old age changes in the mandible maxilla maxilla cheek is the second largest bone of the face, the first being the mandible. The two maxillae for the each in the formation of face, nose, mouth, orbi, the whole of the upper jaw, and each maxilla form a pant infratemporal and pterygopalatine fossae. Side determination One anterior surface ends medially into a deeply concave border, called the nasal notch. Posterior surface is convex fig. 1.28. Two alveolar border with sockets for upper teeth faces downwards with its convexity directed outwards frontal process is the longest process which is directed upwards. 
Three-medial surface is marked by a large irregular opening, the maxillary hiatus, antrum of hymor for maxillary air sinus. Features each maxilla has a body and four processes, the frontal, zygomatic, alveolar and palatine. Body The body of maxilla is pyramidal in shape, with its base directed medially at the nasal surface, and the apex directed laterally at the zygomatic process. It has four surfaces and encloses a large cavity, the maxillary sinus described in Chapter 15. The surfaces are, anterior or facial, posterior or infratemporal, superior or orbital, and, medial or nasal. Anterior or facial surface One anterior surface is directed forwards and laterally. Orbicularis oculi lacrimal groove lacrimal notch orbital surface infratemporal surface zygomatic process anterior surface buccinator maxillary tuberosity fig. 1.28, lateral aspect of maxi 2 above the incisor teeth, there is a slight depression, the incisive fossa, which gives origin to depressor septi. Incisivus arises from the alveolar margin below the fossa, and the nasalized superolateral to the fossa along the nasal notch. Three lateral to canine eminence, there is a larger and deeper depression, the canine fossa, which gives origin to levator anguli oris. Four above the canine fossa, there is infraorbital foramen, which transmits infraorbital nerve and vessels fig. 1.28. Five levator labi superioris arises between the infraorbital margin and infraorbital foramen. Six medially, the anterior surface ends in a deeply concave border, the nasal notch, which terminates below into process which with the corresponding process of opposite maxilla forms the anterior nasal spine. Anterior surface bordering the nasal notch gives origin to nasal eyes and depressor septi. Posterior or infratemporal surface One posterior surface is convex and directed backwards and laterally to it forms the anterior wall of infratemporal fossa, and is separated from anterior surface by the zygomatic process and a rounded ridge which descends from the process to the first molar tooth. Three near the center of the surface open two or three alveolar canals for posterior superior alveolar nerve and vessels. For posteroinferiorly, there is a rounded eminence, the maxillary tuberosity, which articulates superomedially with pyramidal process of palatine bone, and gives origin laterally to the superficial head of medial pterygoid muscle. Introduction and osteology 37 Anterior lacrimal crest of frontal process Infraorbital margin Infraorbital foramen Anterior nasal spine Nasalize alveolar process Less than illa with muscular attachments 5 Above the maxillary tuberosity, the smooth surface forms anterior wall of pterygopalatine fossa, and is grooved by maxillary nerve. Superior or orbital surface 1 Superior surface is smooth, triangular and slightly concave, and forms the greater part of the floor of orbit. Two anterior border forms a part of infraorbital margin. Medially, it is continuous with the lacrimal crest of the frontal process. Three posterior border is smooth and rounded, it forms most of the anterior margin of inferior orbital fissure. In the middle, it is notched by the infraorbital groove. Four medial border presents anteriorly the lacrimal notch which is converted into nasolacrimal canal by the descending process of lacrimal bone. Behind the notch, the border articulates from before backwards with the lacrimal, labyrinth of ethmoid, and the orbital process of palatine bone fig. 5 The surface presents infraorbital groove leading forwards to infraorbital canal which opens on the anterior surface as infraorbital foramen. The groove, canal and foramen transmit the infraorbital nerve and vessels. 
Near the midpoint, the canal gives off laterally a branch, the canalis sinuus, for the passage of anterior superior alveolar nerve and vessels. Six inferior oblique muscle of eyeball arises from a depression just lateral to lacrimal notch at the anteromedial angle of the surface. Head and neck medial or nasal surface eye medial surface forms a part of the lateral wall of 110 SE. Head and neck 38 sphenothmoidal recess sphenoidal air sinus superior meters sphenopalatine foreign and opening of maxillary air sinus in middle meters perpendicular plate of palatine bone palatomaxillary suture fig, 1.29, medial asp 2 posterior superiorly, it displays a large irregular opening of the maxillary sinus, the maxillary hiatus fig, 1.30. Three above the hiatus, there are parts of air sinuses which are completed by the ethmoid and lacrimal bones. Four below the hiatus, the smooth concave surface forms a part of inferior metis of nose. Five behind the hiatus, the surface articulates with perpendicular plate of palatine bone, enclosing the greater palatine canal which runs downwards and forwards, and transmits greater palatine vessels and the anterior, middle and posterior palatine nerves fig. 6 In front of the hiatus, there is nasolacrimal groove, which is converted into the nasolacrimal canal by articulation with the descending process of lacrimal bone and the lacrimal process of inferior nasal concha. The canal transmits nasolacrimal duct to the inferior meters of nose. Nasolacrimal groove head and neck maxillary hiatus perpendicular plate of palatine bone greater palatine canal fig. 1.30, medial aspect of Frontal air sinus superior nasal concha middle nasal concha ethmoid bulla descending part of lacrim bone inferior nasal concha inferior meter spect of intact maxilla 7 more anteriorly, an oblique ridge forms the conch crest for articulation with the inferior nasal concha 8 above the conchal crest, the shallow depression forms a part of the atrium of middle metis of nose. Processes of maxilla zygomatic process The zygomatic process is a pyramidal lateral projection on which the anterior, posterior, and superior surfaces of maxilla converge. In front and behind, it I continuous with the corresponding surfaces of the body, but superiorly it is rough for articulation with the zygomatic bone. Frontal process 1 The frontal process projects upwards and backwards to articulate above with the nasal margin of frontal articulates with ethmoid ethmoidal crest atrium of middle metis conchal crest inferior metis anterior nasal spine palatine process of disarticulated left maxilla. Bone, in front with nasal bone, and behind with lacrimal bone. Two lateral surface is divided by a vertical ridge, the anterior lacrimal crest, into a smooth anterior part and a grooved posterior part. The lacrimal crest gives attachment to lacrimal fascia and the medial palpebral ligament, and is continuous below with the infraorbital margin. The anterior smooth area gives origin to the orbital part of orbicularis oculi and levator labi superioris aliquae nasi. The posterior grooved area forms the anterior half of the floor of lacrimal groove fig. 1.45. Three medial surface forms a part of the lateral wall of nose. The surface presents following features, a. Uppermost area is rough for articulation with ethmoid to close the anterior ethmoidal sinuses. b. Ethmoidal crest is a horizontal ridge about the middle of the process. Posterior part of the crest articulates with middle nasal concha, and the anterior part lies beneath the agenasi c. The area below the ethmoidal crest is hollowed out to form the atrium of the middle metis. D. Below the atrium is the conchal crest which articulates with inferior nasal concha. 
e. Below the conchal crest, there lies the inferior metis of the nose with nasolacrimal groove ending just behind the crest. See Fig. 15.8. Alveolar process 1 The alveolar process forms half of the alveolar arch, and bears sockets for the roots of upper teeth. In adults, there are eight sockets, canine socket is deepest, molar sockets are widest and divided into three minor sockets by septa, the incisor and second premolar sockets are single, and the first premolar socket is sometimes divided into two. Two buccinator arises from the posterior part of its outer surface up to the first molar tooth fig. 3A rough ridge, the maxillary torus, is sometimes present on the inner surface opposite the molar sockets. Palatine process 1 Palatine process is a thick horizontal plate projecting medially from the lowest part of the nasal surface. It forms a large part of the roof of mouth and the floor of nasal cavity fig. 1.30. Two inferior surface is concave, and the two palatine processes form anterior three-fourths of the bony palate. It presents numerous vascular foramina and pits for palatine glands. Posterolaterally, it is marked by two antero-posterior grooves for the greater palatine vessels and anterior palatine nerves. 39 Introduction and osteology 3 Superior surface is concave from side to side, and forms greater part of the floor of nasal cavity. 4 Medial border is thicker in front than behind. It is raised superiorly into the nasal crest. Groove between the nasal crests of two maxillae receives lower border of voma, anterior part of the ridge is high and is known as incisor crest which terminates anteriorly into the anterior nasal spine Fig. incisive canal traverses near the anterior part of the medial border. Five posterior border articulates with horizontal plate of palatine bone. Six lateral border is continuous with the alveolar process. Articulations of maxilla 1 superiorly, it articulates with three bones, the nasal, frontal and lacrimal. 2 medially, it articulates with five bones, the ethmoid, inferior nasal concha, vomma, palatine and opposite maxilla. 3 laterally, it articulates with one bone, the zygomatic. Ossification maxilla ossifies in membrane from three centers, one for the maxilla proper, and two for os incisivum or premaxilla. The center for maxilla proper appears above the canine fossa during sixth week of intrauterine life. Of the two premaxillary centers, the main center appears above the incisive fossa during seventh week of intrauterine life. The second center appears at the ventral margin of nasal septum during tenth week and soon fuses with the palatal process of maxilla. Though premaxilla begins to fuse with alveolar process almost immediately after the ossification begins, the evidence of premaxilla as a separate bone may persist until the middle decades. Head and neck age changes one at birth, a. The transverse and anteroposterior diameters are each more than the vertical diameter. b. Frontal process is well marked. c. Body consists of a little more than the alveolar process the tooth sockets reaching to the floor of orbit. D. Maxillary sinus is a mere furrow on the lateral wall of the nose. 2. In the adult, vertical diameter is greatest due to development of the alveolar process and increase in the size of the sinus. Head and neck 43. In the old the bone reverts to infantile condition i.t.e. height is reduced as a result of absorption of the alveolar process parietal bone 2. Parietal bones form a large part of the roof and sides of vault of skull. Each bone is roughly quadrilateral in shape with its convexity directed outwards fig. 1 
Side determination outer surface is convex and smooth, inner surface is concave and depicts vascular markings. Antero-inferior angle is pointed and shows a groove for anterior division of middle meningeal artery. Features parietal bone has two surfaces, four borders, and four angles surfaces one outer convex two inner concave fig. superior temporal line palatal tuber frontal angle inferior temporal line anterior border parietal foramen occipital angle posterior border sphenoidal angle temporalis mastoid angle inferior border fig. 1.31, outer surface of left parietal bone head and neck granular foveoli superior sagittal sinus frontal angle occipital angle grooves for anterior division of middle meningeal vessels posterior border mastoid sphenoidal angle angle groove for posterior division sigmoid of middle meningeal vessels sulcus fig. 1.32, inner surface of left parietal bone. Borders 1 superior or sagittal 2 inferior or squamosal 3 anterior or frontal 4 posterior or occipital angles 1 anterosuperior or frontal 2 anteroinferior or sphenoidal 3 posterosuperior or occipital 4 posteroinferior or mastoid at each of the four angles, are four fontanelles. He's a, 1 1 anterior fontanelle closes at 18 months. 2 1 posterior fontanelle closes at 3 months, 3 2 anterolateral or sphenoidal fontanelles lose at 3 months. 4 2 posterolateral or mastoid fontanelles close at about 12 months of life. Details can be studied from norma verticalis and norma lateralis and inner aspect of skull cap. Occipital bone Single occipital bone occupies posterior and inferior parts of the skull. Fig. Anatomical position It is concave forwards and encloses the largest foramen of skull, foramen magnum, through which cranial cavity communicates with the vertebral canal. On each side of foramen magnum is the occipital condyle which articulates with atlas vertebra. Features occipital bone is divided into three parts, one squamous part above, below and behind foramen magnum two basilar part lies in front of foramen magnum. Three condylar or lateral part on each side of foramen magnum squamous part comprises two surfaces, three angles and four borders, surfaces, external convex surface and internal concave surface. Angles, one superior angle and two lateral angles. Borders, two lambdoid borders in upper part and two mastoid borders in lower part. Superior angle internal occipital protuberance lambdoid border internal occipital crest womomani right transverse sinus vermian fossa foramen magnum fig. 1.33, inner surfer basilar part The basilar part of occipital bone is called bassi occiput. It articulates with basisphenoid to form the base of skull. It is quadrilateral in shape and comprises two surfaces and four borders. Surfaces are superior and inferior. Borders are anterior, posterior and lateral, on each side. Condylar part it comprises, superior surface, inferior surface which shows occipital condyles and hypoglossal canal. The details can be read from descriptions of norma occipitalis and posterior cranial fossa. Frontal bone Frontal bone forms the forehead, most of the roof of orbit, and most of the floor of anterior cranial fossa. Its parts are squamous, orbital and nasal bones fig. Anatomical position squamous part is vertical and is convex forwards. Two orbital plates are horizontal thin plates projecting backwards. Nasal part is directed forwards and downwards. Squamous part The squamous part presents two surfaces, two borders and encloses a pair of frontal air sinuses. 
Introduction and osteology superior sagittae sinus anywa worm cerebral fossa left transverse sinus cerebellar fossa lateral angle mastoid border sigmoid sinus anterior border of basio coiput r face of occipital bone outer surface it is smooth and shows, 1 frontal tuberosity 2 superciliary arches 3 glabella 4 frontal air sinus is a cavity within outer and inner tables of frontal bone, divided by a bony septum into two parts 5 metopic suture 6 upper or parietal border, articulates with parietal bone 7 lower or orbital border, free, presents supra-orbital notch foramen 8 zygomatic process 9 temporal line and temporal surfaces inner surface it is concave and presents, 1 sagittal sulcus 2 frontal crest head and neck orbital parts plates orbital plates are separated from each other by a wide gap, the ethmoidal notch, orbital or inferior surface of the plate is smooth and presents lacrimal fossa, anterolaterally and trochlear spine, anteromedially. Ethmoidal notch is occupied by cribriform plate of ethmoid bone. On each side of notch are small air spaces which articulates with the labyrinth of ethmoid 2. Head and neck 42 groove for superior sagittal sinus part of greater wing of sphenoid temporal surface groove for posterior ethmoidal canal all groove for anterior ethmoidal canal orbital surface for nasal bone fig, 1.34, frontal complete ethmoidal air sinuses. At the margins are anterior and posterior ethmoidal canals. Nasal part lies between two supraorbital margins. The margins of the nasal notch on each side articulate with nasal, frontal process of maxilla and lacrimal bones. Details can be studied from descriptions of norma frontalis, norma lateralis, inner aspect of skull cap and anterior cranial fossa. Temporal bone Temporal bones are situated at the sides and base of skull, head and neck supramiatal triangle supramiatal spine, spine of Henler vertical tangent to posterior border of external acoustic metis external acoustic metis and tympanic plate mastoid process styloid process fig. 1.35, outer aspect Granular pits ethmoidal noto for lesser wing of sphenoid fossa for lacrim gland G zygomatic process trochlear spine nasal spine tal bone from below side determination laterally, plate-like squamous part is directed upwards and, petromastoid part, triangular in shape, is direct strong zygomatic process is directed forwards. Medially, external acoustic metis, enclosed between squi mousse and tympanic parts, is directed laterally. Features it comprises following parts, a Squamous part fig 1.35 b petromastoid part c tympanic part d styloid process squamous part supramastoid crest zygomatic process articular tubercle mandibular fossa squamotympanic fissure court of left temporal bone squamous part two surfaces outer and inner two borders superior and anteroinferior surfaces outer or temporal it is smooth and forms a part of temporal fossa. Above external acoustic metis, there is a groove for middle temporal artery. Its posterior part presents supramastoid crest. Below the anterior end of supramastoid crest and postero superior to external acoustic metis, there is supramiatal triangle. Zygomatic process springs forwards from the outer surface of squamous part. Its posterior part comprises superior and inferior surfaces. The inferior surface is bounded by two roots which converge at the tubercle of root of the zygoma. Anterior root projects as the articular tubercle in front of mandibular fossa. Posterior root begins above the external acoustic metis. Mandibular fossa lies behind articular tubercle and consists of anterior articular part formed by squamous part of temporal bone and a posterior non-articular portion formed by tympanic plate. Inner or cerebral it is concave and shows grooves for the middle meningeal vessels. 
Its superior border articulates with the lower border of parietal bone. Its anteroinferior border articulates with the greater wing of sphenoid. Articulates with parietal bone fissure and groove for lesser petrosal nerve arcuate eminence sigmoid sinus aqueduct of vestibule articulates with occipital bone fig. 1.36, inner asper. Introduction and osteology 43 borders superior border, articulates with parietal bone anteroinferior border, articulates with greater wing of sphenoid bone potronostoid part mastoid pole mastoid Greek breast part forms posterior part of temporal bone. It has, two surfaces outer and inner asterisk two borders superior and posterior, and endos the mastoid air cells. The outer surface forms a downwards projecting conical process, the mastoid process. Surfaces outer, the outer surface gives attachment to occipitalis muscle. Mastoid foramen opens near its posterior border and transmits an emissary vein and a branch of occipital artery mastoid process appears at the end of second year. Lateral surface gives attachment to sternocleidomastoid, splenius capitis, and longissimus capitis fig. 114. Medial surface of the process shows a deep mastoid notch for the origin of posterior belly of digastric, medial to this notch is a groove for the occipital artery. Inner, the inner surface is marked by a deep sigmoid sulcus fig. 1.36 borders superior border, articulates with parietal bone at asterion. Posterior border, articulates with occipital bone at occipitomastoid suture. Articulates with greater wing of sphenoid groove for middle meningeal vessels head and neck zygomatic process fissure and groove for greater petrosal nerve superior petrosal sinus internal acoustic meter subarcuate fossa styloid process f the left temporal bone. Head and neck 44 petrus part petrus Latin rock part is triangular in shape. It has a base, an apex, three surfaces, anterior, posterior and inferior, and three borders superior, anterior and posterior base is fused with squamous and mastoid parts. Apex is irregular and forms posterolateral boundary of foramen lacerum. Surfaces anterior, trigeminal impression, part forming roof of anterior part of carotid canal, arcuate eminence, tegmen tympani lying most laterally. In the anterior part of tegmen tympani are hiatus and groove for greater petrosal nerve and a smaller hiatus and groove for the lesser petrosal nerve. Posterior, internal acoustic metus is present here. Aqueduct of vestibule lies behind internal acoustic metus. Inferior, forms part of norma basalis. It shows lower opening of carotid canal refer to norma basalis for details. Jugular fossa lies behind carotid canal fig. Borders A. Superior, it is grooved by superior petrosal sinus. Margins of the groove provide attachment to tentorium cerebelli. B. Anterior, medial part articulates with greater wing of sphenoid. Lateral part joins squamous part of petrosquamosal suture. C. Posterior, medial part forms a sulcus for inferior petrosal sinus with a similar sulcus on occipital bone. The lateral part forms anterior boundary of jugular foramen whose posterior boundary is formed by jugular notch of occipital bone. Tympanic part it is a curved plate of bone below squamous part and in front of mastoid process. It comprises two surfaces, three borders and an external acoustic metus. Head and neck surfaces anterior and posterior concave part forming anterior wall, floor and lower part of the posterior wall of external acoustic metus. Borders lateral border forms the margin of external acoustic metus. 
Zycoma ndnd pras rye upper end of Karen canal and eula tub de mar sibula fossa apex of potrus part squamo tym anic fissure tympanic part plate or or ed tympanic canaliculus jugular fossa ic mastoid canaliculus mass oid process er or al stylomastoid foramen occipital groove mastoid notch mastoid foramen 5. 0 fig. 1.37, inferior view of the temporal bone 8. F upper and lower borders, which in its lateral part, split to enclose the root of styloid process. T. R-7 external acoustic metis bony part of metis is about 16 mm long. Its anterior wall, floor and lower part of posterior wall are formed by tympanic part. Its roof and upper half of the posterior wall are formed by the squamous part fig. its inner end is closed by tympanic membrane. One styloid process styloid Greek piliform process is long-pointed process directed downwards, forwards and medially between parotid gland and internal jugular vein fig. Its base is related to facial nerve, its apex is crossed by external carotid artery. It gives attachment to three muscles and two ligaments see chapter 8 refer to norma lateralis for details. Sphenoid bone sphenoid Greek wedge bone resembles a bat without stretched wings. It comprises, a body in the center fig. Two lesser wings from the anterior part of body. Two greater wings from the lateral part of body, two pterygoid processes, directed downwards from the junction of body and greater wings. Body of Sphenoid it comprises six surfaces and enclose a pair of sphenoidal air sinuses. Superior or cerebral surface it articulates with ethmoid bone anteriorly and basilar part of occipital bone posteriorly. It shows, 1 jugum sphenoidale 2 sulcus chiasmaticus 3 tuberculum cellae 4 cella tersica 5 dorsum cellae 6 clivus refer to middle cranial fossa for details. Inferior surface 1 rostrum of sphenoid fig. 2 sphenoid conchi fig. 3 vaginal processes of medial pterygoid plate refer to norma basalis for details. Anterior surface sphenoidal crest articulates with perpendicular plate of ethmoid to form a small part of septum of nose. Optic groove optic canal superior orbital fissure dan foramen rotundum foramen spinosum foramen dorsum oval sole fig. 1.38, superior. Introduction and osteology 45 opening of sphenoidal air sinus is seen fig. 1.39b. Sphenoidal conchi close the sphenoid air sinuses leaving the openings. Each half of anterior surface has two parts superolateral and inferomedial. The supralateral depression articulates with labyrinth of ethmoid to complete the posterior ethmoidal air sinuses. The inferomedial smooth triangular area forms the posterior part of the root of the nose. Posterior surface it articulates with basilar part of occipital bone. Lateral surfaces carotid sulcus, a broad groove curved like letter F for lodging cavernous sinus and internal carotid artery. Below the sulcus, it articulates with greater wing of sphenoid laterally and with pterygoid process which is directed downwards. Sphenoidal air sinuses These are asymmetrical air sinuses in the body of sphenoid, and are closed by sphenoidal conchi. The sinus opens into the lateral wall of nose in the sphenoethmoidal recess above the superior concha. Greater wings These are two strong processes which curve laterally and upwards from the sides of the body. It has three surfaces. 
superior or cerebral surface it forms the floor of middle cranial fossa and presents from before backwards, one foramen rotundum fig, 1 two foramen oval lesser wing head and neck greater wing anterior clinoid process tuberculum cellae posterior clinoid process spine cella tersica w of the sphenoid bone Head and neck 46 Lesser wing lingula superior orbital fissure scaphoid fossa pterygoid fossa posterior view rostrum a. Opening of sphenoidal sinus superior orbital fissure foramen rotundum pterygoid canal palatovaginal groove lateral pterygoid lamina rostrum b. Figs 1.39a and b. a. Posterior view of sphe 3 emissary sphenoidale foramen 4 foramen spinosum head and neck lateral surface a horizontal ridge, the infratemporal crest divides this surface into upper or temporal surface and a lower or infratemporal surface. It is pierced by foramen oval and foramen spinosum. Its posterior part presents spine of sphenoid. Refer to Norma basalis for details. Orbital surface forms the posterior wall of the lateral wall of orbit. Its medial border bears a small tubercle for attachment of a common tendinous ring for the origin of recti muscles of the eyeball. Below the medial end of superior orbital fissure, the grooved area forms the posterior wall of the pterygopalatine fossa and is pierced by foramen rotundum fig. Borders are surrounding the greater wing of sphenoid. Posterior clinoid process anterior greater wing foramen rotundum lateral pterygoid plate medial pterygoid plate pterygoid hamulus vaginal process sphenoidal crest lesser wing temporal surface orbital surface of greater wing infratemporal surface sphenoidal concha spine pterygoid hamulus vaginal process b anoid b greater and lesser wings of sphenoid lesser wings lesser wings are two triangular plates projecting laterally from the antero superior part of the body comprises, a base forming medial end of the wing. It is connected to the body by two roots which enclose the optic cannula. tip forms the lateral end of the wing. Superior surface forming floor of anterior cranial fossae, inferior surface forming upper boundary of superior orbital fissure, anterior border articulates with the posterior board of orbital plate of frontal bone. Dot. Posterior border is free and projects into the stem lateral sulcus of brain. Medially, it terminates in the anterior clinoid process. Superior orbital fissure it is a triangular gap through which middle cranial fosse communicates with the orbit. The structures passing through it are put in list of foramina and structure passing through them see fig. 13.4. Pterygoid processes one pterygoid Greek wing process on each side projects downwards from the junction of the body with the greater wing of sphenoid fig. 1.38. Each pterygoid process divides inferiorly into the medial and lateral pterygoid plates. The plates are fused together in their upper parts, but are separated in their lower parts by the pterygoid fissure. Posteriorly, the pterygoid plates enclose a V-shaped interval, the pterygoid fossa. The medial pterygoid plate in its upper part presents a scaphoid fossa. Refer to Norma Basalis for medial and lateral pterygoid plates. Ethmoid bone Ethmoid Greek sieve is a very light cuboidal bone situated in the anterior of base of cranial cavity between the two orbits. It forms, one part of nasal septum fig. two part of medial wall of orbit three lateral walls of the nasal cavity Crista galli for frontal bone for for nasal bones phenoid mid for voma for septal cartilage a. Cribriform plate orbit superior concha middle concha uncinate process inferior concha of vomer c figs 1.40 to c a articulations of perpendicular plate of ethmo articulating with neighboring bones 
Introduction and osteology 47 etoid bone comprises one cribriform plate fig 1.40b 2 perpendicular plate 3a pair of labyrinth cribrifORM plate it is a horizontal perforated bony lamina occupying ethmoidal notch of frontal bone it contains foramina for olfactory nerve rootlets Crista galli Crista galli is a median tooth-like upward projection in the floor of anterior cranial fossa Foramen transmitting anterior ethmoidal nerve to nasal cavity is situated by the side of crista galli. Perpendicular plate It is a thin lamina projecting downwards from the under surface of the cribriform plate, forming upper part of nasal septum labyrinths. These are two light cubical masses situated on each side of the perpendicular plate, suspended from the undersurface of the cribriform plate. Fig. 1.40c. Crista galli cribriform horizontal plate ethmoid sinus labyrinth orbital lateral plate idle nasal concha superior nasal concha b perpendicular plate crista galli head and neck anterior ethmoidal sinuses orbital plate of ethmoidal labyrinth perpendicular plate middle ethmoidal sinus and bulla ethmoidalis opening of maxillary air sinus close to its roof palate forming floor of nasal cavity heart nib upper tooth oid bone b posterior view of the ethmoid bone c ethmoid bone Head and neck each labyrinth also encloses large number of air cells arranged in three groups the anterior, middle and posterior ethmoidal air sinuses. Its surfaces are, anterior surface articulates with frontal process of maxilla to complete anterior ethmoidal air cells. Posterior surface articulates with sphenoidal concha to complete posterior ethmoidal air cells, superior surface articulates with orbital plate of frontal bone, inferior surface articulates with nasal surface of maxilla, lateral surface forms medial wall of orbit. Medial surface presents small superior nasal concha, middle nasal concha, superior metis below superior concha, and middle metis below middle concha vomer. Vomer is a single thin, flat bone forming postero inferior part of the nasal septum. It comprises, right and left surfaces marked by nasopalatine nerves which course downwards and forwards. Superior border splits into two ailey with a groove is occupied by rostrum of sphenoid fig. Inferior border articulates with nasal crests of maxillae and palatine bones. Anterior, longest border, articulates with perpendicular plate of ethmoid above and with septal cartilage below. Posterior border is free and separates the two posterior nasal openings, head and neck perpendicular plate of ethmoid greater than greater than greater than greater than vomer with groove for nasopalatine nerve septal cartilage horizontal plate of palatine bone palatine process of maxilla fig. 1.41, vomer forming postero inferior part of the nasal septum with its various borders. Inferior nasal conchae air la pan of tar of the inferior nasal conchi are two curved oni laminae, these are horizontally placed in the lower of lateral walls of the nose. Between this concha and floor of the nose lies the inferior metis of the noe. Lt comprises two surfaces, two borders, and two ends. Medial convex surface is marked by vascular, lateral concave surface forms. The medial wall of superior border is irregular and articulates ith lacrimal, maxilla, ethmoid, and palatine bones. Fig. 42. Posterior end is more pointed than the anterior end. Grooves of inferior metis of the nose. A. W. Le. Inferior border is free, thick, and spongy. 
Maxillary process lake null process ethmoidal process he at NE is anterior end posterior end SF fig. 1.42, lateral view of the left inferior nasal conca R al ZYGOMATIC bones. These are two small quadrilateral bones present in the upper and lateral part of face. The bone forms prominence of the cheeks. Each bone takes part in the formation of floor and lateral wall of the orbit, walls of temporal and infraorbital fossae. Zygomatic bone comprises three surfaces, five borders and two processes. Surfaces one lateral surface presenting zygomaticofacial foramen fig. 1 Two temporal surface is smooth and concave and presents zygomaticotemporal foramen fig. 1 Three orbital surface is also smooth and concave one or two zygomatico-orbital foramen on this surface and this leads to zygomaticofacial and zygomatico-temporal foramina fig. 1 Borders 1 anterosuperior or orbital 2 anteroinferior or maxillary 3 posteroinferior or temporal border Orbital surface frontal process marginal tubical zygomaticofacial foramen lateral surface levator lebi superiors zygomaticus major temporal process for maxilla masseter zygomaticus minor a. Frontal process temporal surface with greater wing temporal process zygomatico orbital foramina for maxilla masseter orbital surface b. Figs 1.43a and b. Features of the left zygomatic bone a. Outer view b. Inner view 4 posteroinferior border 5 posteromedial border processes 1 frontal process, which is directed upwards. 2 temporal process, which is directed backwards. Nasal bones Nasal bones are two small oblong bones, which form the bridge of the nerve. Each nasal bone has two surfaces and four borders fig. Superior border medial border and nasal crest groove for anterior ethmoidal nerve vascular foramen lateral border 2013 greater than greater than greater than greater than greater than greater than notched inferior border fig 1.44 inner view of the left nasal bone introduction and osteology 49 surfaces 1 the outer surface is convex from side to side 2 The inner surface is concave from side to side and is traversed by a vertical groove for anterior ethmoidal nerve Borders 1 superior border is thick and serrated and articulates with nasal part of frontal bone. 2 inferior border is thin and notched and articulates with lateral nasal cartilage. 3 medial border articulates with opposite nasal bone. 4 lateral border articulates with frontal process of maxilla. LACRIMAL bones Lacrimal bones are extremely delicate and smallest of the skull bones. These form the anterior part of the medial part of the orbit. Each lacrimal bone comprises two surfaces and four borders. Surfaces one lateral or orbital surface is divided by posterior lacrimal crest into anterior and posterior parts. The anterior grooved part forms posterior half of the floor of lacrimal groove for lacrimal sac. The posterior smooth part forms part of medial wall of orbit. Two medial or nasal surface forms a part of middle metis of the nose fig. 1.45. Borders 1 anterior border articulates with frontal process of maxilla. 2 posterior border with orbital plate of ethmoid. 3 superior border with frontal bone. 4 inferior border with orbital surface of maxilla. Head and neck superior border anterior border orbital surface groove for lacrimal sac posterior border descending process for inferior nasal concha fig. 1.45, lateral surface of the left lacrimal bone. 
Head and neck 50 palatine bones Palatine bones are two L-shaped bones present in the posterior part of nasal cavity. Each bone forms, lateral wall and floor of nasal cavity fig. Roof of mouth cavity, floor of the orbit, parts of pterygopalatine fossa Each palatine bone has two plates and three processes. Plates 1 Horizontal plate forms posterior one-fourth part of bony palate. It has two surfaces and four borders fig. Two perpendicular plate of palatine bone is oblong in shape and comprises two surfaces and four borders refer to norma basalis. Processes pyramidal pyramidal process projects downwards from the junction of two plates. Its inferior surface is pierced by lesser palatine foramina. Orbital orbital process projects upwards and laterally from the perpendicular plate. Its orbital surface is triangular and forms the posterior part of the floor of the orbit fig. Sphenoidal Sphenoidal process projects upwards and medially from the perpendicular plate. Its lateral surface articulates with medial pterygoid plate. Orbital process maxillary surface orbital surface ethmoidal surface head and neck ethmoidal crest sphenoidal process sphenopalatine foramen middle metis conchal crest inferior metis a horizontal part figs 1.46 a and b a medial view of the left palate hyoid bone the leond greek u-shaped bone is u-shaped it develops from second and third branchial arches it is situated in the anterior midline of the neck belvine the chin and the thyroid cartilage refer to bdc api at rest it lies at the level of the third cervical vertebra it is kept suspended in position by muscle and the hvoid bone provides attachment to the muscles of the floor of the mouth and to the tongue aboe low the larynx below and to the epiglottis and phrynx the bone consists of the central part calais the body and of two pairs of Com ua greater and isser behind and the base of the mandible in front ligaments behind fig. body it has two surfaces anterior and posterior, and two borders, upper and lower. The anterior surface is convex and is directed forwards and upwards. It is often divided by a median ride into two lateral halves. The posterior surface is concave and is directed backwards and downwards. Each lateral end of the body is continuous posteriorly with the greater hom or cornua. However, till mid-life, the connection between the body and greater com ua is fibrous. Greater com ua these are flattened from above downwards. Each cornua tapers posteriorly, but ends in a tubicle. It has for sphenoid orbital process sphenopalatine notch sphenoidal process superior metis ethmoidal crest middle metis conchal crest for medial pterygoid plate inferior metis for lateral plarygoid plate nasal crest posterior nasal spine pterygoid fossa horizontal plate B palatine bone, B. Various processes of palatine bone Stylohyoid ligament lesser cornua geniaglossus 12 geniohyoid C1 C mylohyoid V3 stemohyoid ansa cervicalis investing fascia pretracheal fascia fig 1.47 anterosuperior view of the left two surfaces upper and lower two borders medial and lateral and a tubicle lesser cornua these are small conical pieces of bone which project upwards from the junction of the body and greater cornua the lesser cornua are connected to the body by fibrous tissue Occasionally, they are connected to the greater cornua by synovial joints which usually persist throughout life, but may get ankylosed. Attachments on the hyoid bone The anterior surface of the body provides insertion to the geniohyoid and mylohyoid muscles and gives origin to a part of the hyoglossus which extends to the greater cornua 
The upper border of the body provides insertion to the lower fibers of the genioglossy and attachment to the thyrohyoid membrane, the lower border of the body provides attachment to the pretracheal fascia. In front of the fascia, the sternohyoid is inserted medially and the superior belly of omohyoid laterally. Below the omohyoid, there is the linear attachment of the thyrohyoid, extending back to the lower border of the greater cornua. The medial border of the greater cornua provides attachment to the thyrohyoid membrane, stylohyoid muscle, and digastric pulley. The lateral border of the greater cornua provides insertion to the thyrohyoid muscle anteriorly. The investing fascia is attached throughout its length. The lesser cornua provides attachment to the stylohyoid ligament at its tip. The middle constrictor. Introduction and osteology 51 Middle constrictor. Cranial root of. Investing fascia diggers TNC pulley stylohyoid muscle V hyoglossus 10 thyrohyoid C1 superior belly of omohyoid alpha of hyoid bone showing its attachments muscle arises from its posterolateral aspect extending onto the greater cornua see fig 14 21 development upper part of body and lesser cornua develop from second branchial arch while lower part of body and greater cornua develop from the third arch clinical anatomy in a suspected case of murder fracture of the hyoid bone strongly indicates throttling or strangulation competency achievement the student should be able to in 26.5 describe features of typical and atypical cervical vertebrae atlas and axis Cervical vertebrae identification The cervical vertebrae are identified by the presence of foramina transversaria. There are seven cervical vertebrae, out of which the third to sixth are typical, while the first, second and seventh are atypical figs and B refer to BDC app. Head and neck typical cervical vertebrae body 1 The body is small and broader from side to side than from before backwards. To its superior surface is concave transversely with upward projecting lips on each side. The anterior border of this surface may be beveled. Head and neck 52 synovial joints of Lushka 7-7 facet joint B. Figs 1.48 and B, cervical vertebrae, A. Anterior view, B. Lateral view 3 The inferior surface is saddle-shaped, being convex from side to side and concave from before backwards. The lateral borders are beveled and form synovial joints with the projecting lips of the next lower vertebra. The anterior border projects downwards and may hide the intervertebral disc. For the anterior and posterior surfaces resemble those of other vertebrae fig. Vertebral foramen Vertebral foramen is larger than the body. It is triangular in shape because the pedicles are directed backwards and laterally, vertebral arch 1 The pedicles are directed backwards and laterally. The superior and inferior vertebral notches are of equal size. Two the laminae are relatively long and narrow, being thinner above than below. Body anterior root foramen transversarium pedicle head and neck anterior tubicle posterior tubicle costotransverse bar posterior root vertebral canal lamina superior articular facet spine fig. 1.49, typical cervical vertebra seen from above. But are directed forwards and downwards. V and the posterior tubicle. The anterior tubicle O3 the superior and inferior articular processes imarticular pillars which project laterally at the junction facets are flat. They are directed backwards and of pedicle and the lamina. The superior articular upwards. The inferior articular facets are ALS flat 4 the transverse processes are pierced by fora ena transversaria. Each process has anterior and positio roots which end in tubicles joined by the STO transverse bar. 
The costal element is represented the anterior root, anterior tubercle, the costotransverse bar sixth cervical vertebra is large and is called the caotid tubercle because the common carotid artery ca be compressed against it. 5 The spine is short and bifid, the notch is filled u greater than by the ligamentum nuchae fig. Attachments and relations 1 The anterior and posterior longitudinal ligament are attached to the upper and lower borders of the body in front and behind, respectively. On each side of the anterior longitudinal ligament, the vertical part of the longus colli is attached to the anterior surface The posterior surface has two or more foramina for passage of basovertebral veins. 2 The upper borders and lower parts of the anterior surfaces of the laminae provide attachment to the ligamenta flava. 3 The foramen transversarium transmits the vertebral artery, the vertebral veins and a branch from the inferior cervical ganglion. The anterior tubercles give origin to the scalenus anterior, the longus capitis, and the oblique part of the longus colli. 4 The costo-transverse bars are grooved by the anterior primary rami of the corresponding cervical nerves. 5 The posterior tubercles give origin to the scalenus medius, scalenus posterior, levator scapulae. The splenius cervicis, the longissimus cervicis, and the iliocostalis cervicis are inserted into posterior tubercles. 6 The spine gives origin to the deep muscles of the back of the neck interspinalis, semispinalis thoracis and cervicis, spinalis cervicis, and multifidus Ossification A typical cervical vertebra ossifies from three primary and six secondary centers. There is one primary center for each half of the neural arch during 9 to 10 weeks of fetal life and one for the centrum in 3 to 4 months of fetal life. The two halves of the neural arch fuse posteriorly with each other during the first year. Synostosis at the neurocentral synchondrosis occurs during the third year. The secondary centers, two for the annular epiphyseal discs for the peripheral parts of the upper and lower surfaces of the body, two for the tips of the transverse processes, and two for the bifid spine, appear during puberty, and fuse with the rest of the vertebrae by 25 years. First cervical vertebra it is called the atlas Tilton, who supported the heaven. It can be identified by the following features. 1 It is ring-shaped. It has neither a body nor a spine Fig. 2 The atlas has a short anterior arch, a long posterior arch, right and left lateral masses, and transverse processes. 3 The anterior arch is marked by a median anterior tubercle on its anterior aspect. Its posterior surface bears an oval facet which articulates with the dens Fig. 4 The posterior arch forms about two-fifths of the ring and is much longer than the anterior arch. Its posterior surface is marked by a median posterior tubercle. The upper surface of the arch is marked behind the lateral mass by a groove. Each lateral mass shows the following important features. a. Its upper surface bears the superior articular facet. This facet is elongated forwards and medially, concave, and is directed upwards and medially. It articulates with the corresponding condyle to form an atlanto-occipital joint. b. The lower surface is marked by the inferior articular facet. This facet is nearly circular, more or less flat, and is directed downwards, medially an odontoid process bursae rectus capitis anterior rectus capitis lateralis levator scapulae superior oblique rectus capitis posterior minor fig. 1.50, atlas vert. Introduction and osteology 53 backwards.
It articulates with the corresponding facet on the axis vertebra to form an atlanto-axial joint C. The medial surface of the lateral mass is marked by a small roughened tubercle. D. The transverse process projects laterally from the lateral mass. It is unusually long and can be felt on the surface of the neck between the angle of mandible and the mastoid process. Its long length allows it to act as an effective lever for rotatory movements of the head. The transverse process is pierced by the foramen transversarium. Attachments and relations 1 The anterior tubercle provides attachment in the median plane to the anterior longitudinal ligament, and provides insertion on each side to the upper oblique part of longus colli. 2 The upper border of the anterior arch gives attachment to the anterior atlanto-occipital membrane. 3 The lower border of the anterior arch gives attachment to the lateral fibers of the anterior longitudinal ligament. 4 The posterior tubercle provides attachment to the ligamentum nuchae in the median plane and gives origin to the rectus capitis posterior minor on each side Fig. 5 The groove on the upper surface of the posterior arch is occupied by the vertebral artery and by the first cervical nerve. Behind the groove, the upper border of the posterior arch gives attachment to the posterior atlanto-occipital membrane see Fig. 6 The lower border of the posterior arch gives attachment to the highest pair of ligamenta flava. 7 The tubercle on the medial side of the lateral mass gives attachment to the transverse ligament of the atlas. Head and neck anterior tubercle anterior arch transverse ligament superior articular facet foramen transversarium transverse process groove with vertebral artery posterior arch posterior tubercle bra seen from above. Head and neck 54 8 The anterior surface of the lateral mass gives origin to the recluse capitis anterior. 9 The transverse process gives origin to the rectus capitis lateralis from its upper surface anteriorly, superior oblique from its upper surface posteriorly, levator scapulae from its lateral margin and lower border, and insertion to inferior oblique from its lower surface of the tip. Ossification atlas ossifies from three centers, one for each lateral mass with half of the posterior arch, one for the anterior arch. The centers for the lateral masses appear during seventh week of intrauterine life and unite posteriorly at about three years. The center for anterior arch appears at about first year and unites with the lateral mass at about seven years. Second cervical vertebra this is called the axis Latin axile. It is identified by the presence of the dens or odontoid Greek tooth process which is a strong, tooth-like process projecting upwards from the body. The dens is usually believed to represent the centrum or body of the atlas which has fused with the centrum of the axis figs 1.51 and b. Dens facet for atlas foramen transversarium body transverse process vertebral foramen inferior articular process head and neck spine a. Dens groove for transverse ligament facet for atlas spine body foramen transversarium inferior articular process transverse process b. Figs 1.51 and b. The axis vertebra a. Posterior superior view b. Lateral view n. Body and dens s1 1001. The superior surface of the body is fused with redens articular facets. The dens articulates anteri lie with and is encroached upon on each side by the perio-oval fact on posterior surface of the ante of arch of the atlas, and posteriorly with the tra is verse 2 the inferior surface has a prominent anterior nagi 3 the anterior surface presents a median ridge in each side of which there are hollowed out impra ions. Ligament of the atlas. Which projects downwards. 
Vertebral arch 1 The pedicles are concealed superiorly by the S. perioarticular processes. The inferior surface pre sense a deep and wide inferior vertebral notch, placed in front vertebral notch is very shallow and is placed on the of the inferior articular process. The superior upper border of the lamina, behind the superior articular process. 2 The laminae are thick and strong. U2 Ig ed three articular facets, each superior articular facet occupy surfaces of the body and of the massive pedicle. Laterally, it overhangs the foramina's transversarium. It is a large, flat, circular facet which is directed upwards and laterally. It articulates with the inferior facet of the atlas vertebra to form the atlanto-axial joint. Each inferior articular facet lies posterior to the transverse process and is directed downwards and forwards to articulate with the third cervical vertebra. For the transverse processes are very small and represent the true posterior tubicles only. The foramen transversarium is directed upwards and laterally fig. 5 The spine is large, thick and very strong. It is deeply grooved inferiorly. Its tip is bifid, terminating in two rough tubicles. Attachments 1 The dens provides attachment at its apex to the apical ligament, and on each side, below the apex to the ala ligaments see fig. 2 The anterior surface of the body receives the insertion of the longus colli. The anterior longitudinal ligament is also attached to the anterior surface. 3 The posterior surface of the body provides attached longitudinal ligament, the membrana tectoria and the vertical limb of the cruciate ligament. 4 The laminae provide attachment to the ligamenta flava. Ment, from below upwards, to the posterior. The transverse process gives origin by its tip to the levator scapulae, the scalenus medius anteriorly and the splenius cervicis posteriorly. The intertransverse muscles are attached to the upper and lower surfaces of the process. The spine gives attachment to the ligamentum nuchae, the semispinalis cervicis, the rectus capitis posterior major, the inferior oblique, the spinalis cervicis, the interspinalis and the multifidus. See chapter 10, competency achievement. The student should be able to in 26.7 describe the features of the 7th cervical vertebra. 7th cervical vertebra it is also known as the vertebra prominens because of its long spinous process, the tip of which can be felt through the skin at the lower end of the nuchal furrow. Its spine is thick, long and nearly horizontal. It is not bitted, but ends in a tubicle fig. .The transverse processes are comparatively large in size, the posterior root is larger than the anterior. The anterior tubicle is absent. The foramen transversarium is relatively small, sometimes double, or may be entirely absent. It does not transmit the vertebral artery. Attachments 1 The tip of the spine provides attachment to the ligamentum nuchae, trapezius, rhomboid minor, serratus posterior superior, splenius capitis, semispinalis thoracis, spinalis cervicis, interspinalis, and the multifidus. See fig. 10, 3, 2 transverse process. The foramen transversarium usually transmits only an accessory vertebral vein. The posterior tubicle provides attachment to the suprapleural membrane, the lower border provides attachment to the levator costarum. The anterior root of the transverse process may sometimes be separate. It then forms a cervical rib of variable size foramen transversarium posterior tubicle superior articular process vertebral foramen spine fig. 1.52, seventh cervical vertebra seen from above. Introduction and osteology 55 Ossification Its ossification is similar to that of a typical cervical vertebra. 
In addition, separate center for each costal process appears during sixth month of intrauterine life and fuses with the body and transverse process during fifth to sixth years of life. Clinical anatomy – The costal element of seventh cervical vertebra may get enlarged to form a cervical rib fig, A cervical rib is an additional rib arising from the C7 vertebra and usually gets attached to the first rib near the insertion of scalenus anterior. If the rib is more than 5 cm long, it usually displaces the brachial plexus and the subclavian artery upwards fig. The symptoms are tingling pain along the inner border of the forearm and hand including weakness and even paralysis of the muscles of the palm. The intervertebral foramina of the cervical vertebrae lie anterior to the joints between the articular processes. Arthritic changes in these joints, if occur, cause tiny projections or osteophytes. C7T1 fig. 1.53, bilateral cervical ribs C5 head and neck C600C7C8 clavicle cervical rib T1Q011 first rib brachial plexus fig. 1.54, cervical rib causing pressure on the lower trunk of the brachial plexus. Head and neck 56 joint between articular processes facet joint intervertebral foramen bony changes Lushka's joints fig. 1.55 pressure on the cervical nerve due to bony changes head and neck these osteophytes may press on the anteriorly placed cervical spinal nerves in the foramina causing pain along the course and distribution of these nerves fig. 1.55 the joints in the lateral parts of adjacent bodies of cervical vertebrae are called Lushka's joints. The osteophytes commonly occur in these joints. The cervical nerve roots lying posterolateral to these joints may get pressed causing pain along their distribution fig. The vertebral artery coursing through the foramen transversarium lies lateral to Lushka's joints. The osteophytes of Lushka's joints may cause distortion of the vertebral artery leading to vertebro-basilar insufficiency. This may cause vertigo, dizziness, etc. Prolapse of the intervertebral disc occurs at the junction of different curvatures. So, the common site is lower cervical and upper lumbar vertebral regions. In the cervical region, the disc involved is above or below sixth cervical vertebra. The nerve roots affected are C6 and C7. There is pain and numbness along the lateral side of forearm and hand. There may be wasting of muscles of thenar eminence. During judicial hanging, the odontoid process usually breaks to hit upon the vital centers in the medulla oblongata fig. Atlas may fuse with the occipital bone. This is called occipitalization of atlas and this may at times compress the spinal cord which requires surgical decompression. The pharyngeal and retropharyngeal inflammatians may cause decalcification of atlas vertebra. This may lead to loosening of the attachments of transverse ligament which may eventually yield, causing sudden death from dislocation of dens. Fig. 1.56, fracture of the odontoid process during Ingen depressor fracture 0 linear fracture basilar fracture Fig. 1.57, types of the fractures of the skull, fractures of skull may be depressed, linear and basilar Fig. 1.57. Hangman's fracture occurs due to fracture of the pedicles of axis vertebra. As the vertebral canal gets enlarged, the spinal cord does not get pressed competency achievement, the student should be able to, and 26.6 explain the concept of bones that ossify in membrane. 10 Ossification of cranial bones Intramembranous ossification of skull bones is one stage quicker process of ossification. 
Bones forming cap of skull, i.e. frontal, parietal, squamous temporal and upper part of occipital ossify in membrane as these cover and protect the vital brain. Frontal, it ossifies in membrane. Two primary centers appear during eighth week near frontal eminences. At birth, the bone is in two halves, separated by a suture, which soon start to fuse. But remains of metopic suture may be seen in about 3–8% of adult skulls. Parietal, it also ossifies in membrane. Two centers appear during seventh week near the parietal eminence and soon fuse with each other occipital, it ossifies partly in membrane and partly in cartilage. The part of the bone above highest nuchal line ossifies in membrane by two centers which appear during second month of fetal life, it may remain separate as interparietal bone. The following centers appear in cartilage, two centers for squamous part below highest nuchal line appear during seventh week. One Kirkring center appears for posterior margin of foramen magnum during 16th week, two centers, one for each of the lateral parts, appear during 8th week. One center appears for the basilar part during 6th week. Temporal, squamous and tympanic parts ossify in membrane. Squamous part by one center which appears during 7th week. Tympanic part from one center which appears during 3rd month Petromastoid and styloid parts ossify in cartilage. Petromastoid part is ossified by several centers which appear in cartilaginous ear capsule during fifth month. Styloid process develops from cranial end of second branchial arch cartilage. Two centers appear in it. Tympanohyal before birth and styloyal after birth sphenoid, it ossifies in two parts, presphenoidal part which lies in front of tuberculum cellae and lesser wings ossifies from six centers in cartilage, two for body of sphenoid during ninth week, two for the two lesser wings during ninth week, two for the two sphenoidal conchi during fifth month, post-sphenoidal part consisting of posterior part of body, greater wings and pterygoid processes ossifies from eight centers, two centers for two greater wings during eighth week forming the root only, two for postsphenoidal part of body during fourth month, two centers appear for the two pterygoid hamulus during third month of fetal life. These six centers appear in cartilage. 2. 57 contras for medial perigid plates appear dunning ninth week and the remaining portion of the greater wings and lateral plates ossify in membrane from the centers for the root of greater wing only ethmoid, it osphals in cartilage three centers appear in cartilaginous massal capsule. One center appears in perpendicular plate during first year of life. Two centers, one for each labyrinth, appear between fourth and fifth months of intrauterine life mendable. Each half of the body is ossified in membrane by one center which appears during sixth week near the mental foramen. The upper half of ramus ossifies in cartilas. Ossification spreads in condylar and coronoid processes above the level of the mandibular foramen inferior nasal concha, it ossifies in cartilage. One center appears during fifth month in the lower border of the cartilaginous nasal capsule palatine, one center appears during eighth week in perpendicular plate. It ossifies in membrane lacrimal, it ossifies in membrane. One center appears during twelfth week nasal, it also ossifies in membrane from one center which appears during third month of intrauterine life vomma, it ossifies in membrane. Two centers appear during eighth week on either side of midline these fuse by twelfth week zygomatic, it ossifies in membrane by one center which appears during eighth week maxilla, it also ossifies in membrane by three centers. One for main body which appears during sixth week above canine fossa two centers appear for premaxilla during seventh week and fuse soon various foramina of anterior, middle and posterior cranial foni and other foramina with their contents are shown in table 14.
head and neck development of NEUROCRANIUM1 membranous part, from mesenchyme around developing brain. Mesenchyme is derived from, ineural crest cells forming roof and sides of cranial vault II. Paraaxial mesoderm forming small part in occipital region. Ossification is membranous ossification. Head and neck 58 Table 1.4, foramina of skull bones and their contents refer to BDC app contents foramina apertures anterior cranial fossa groove for superior sagittal sinus foramen chicum anterior ethmoidal foramen foramina of cribitorm plate posterior ethmoidal foramen superior sagittal sinus emissary vein to superior sagittal sinus from upper part of nose anterior ethmoidal nerve and vessels olfactory nerve rootlets posterior ethmoidal vessels optic nerve and ophthalmic artery middle Cranial fossa, optic canal, superior orbital fissure, lateral part, middle part, medial part, foramen rotundum, foramen oval, lacrimal and frontal nerves, branches of ophthalmic nerve, trochlear nerve, superior ophthalmic vein, meningeal branch of lacrimal artery, anastomotic branch of middle meningeal artery, which anastomoses with recurrent branch of lacrimal artery, upper and lower divisions of oculomotor nerve, CN2, nasociliary nerve, abducens nerve, CNVI, inferior ophthalmic vein, sympathetic nerve from plexus around internal carotid artery maxillary nerve CNV2, mandibular nerve CNV3, accessory meningeal artery, lesser petrosal nerve emissary vein connecting cavernous sinus with pterygoid plexus male, middle meningeal artery and vein, meningeal branch of mandibular nerve CNV3, emissary vein connecting cavernous sinus with pterygoid plexus of veins during life, the foramen is filled with cartilage no significant structure passes through it, internal carotid artery and nerve plexus pass across its superior end, Nerve to pterygoid canal passes through its anterior wall. Meningeal branch of ascending pharyngeal artery and emissary vein pass through it. Internal carotid artery and nerve plexus. Sympathetic lesser petrosal nerve. Greater petrosal nerve. Foramen spinosum emissary sphenoidal foramen. Foramen lacerum. Fig. 1.15. Carotid canal groove for lesser petrosal nerve. Groove for greater petrosal nerve. Head and neck. Posterior cranial fossa. Foramen magnum. Fig. 1.16. Lowest part of medulla oblongata and three meninges. Vertebral arteries with sympathetic plexus, spinal roots of CNXT, anterior and posterior spinal arteries, apical ligament, vertical band of cruciate ligament, and membrana tectoria. Jugular foramen CNIX, X, 11, inferior petrosal and sigmoid sinuses, meningeal branches of ascending pharyngeal and occipital arteries. Hypoglossal canal, anterior condylar canal CN12 intermal acoustic meters CN7, 8 and labyrinthine vessels external opening of vestibular aqueduct endolymphatic duct posterior condylar canal emissary vein connecting sigmoid sinus with the suboccipital venous plexus mastoid foramen mastoid emissary vein and meningeal branch of occipital artery other foramina external acoustic meters external nasal foramen air waves external nasal nerve Introduction and Osteology 59 Table 1.4, Foramina of Skull Bones and Their Contents Cont. Contents Foramina Apertures Greater Palatine Foramen Incisive Canal Interior Orbital Fissure Greater Palatine Vessels Anterior Palatine Nerve Greater Palatine Vessels Terminal Part of Nasopalatine Nerve Zygomatic Nerve, Orbital Branches of Pterygopalatine Ganglion Infraorbital Nerve and Vessels Infraorbital Nerve and Vessels Middle and Posterior Palatine Nerves Inferior Alveolar Nerve and Vessels Infraorbital Foramen Lesser Palatine Foramen Mandibular Foramen, Canal Mandibular Notch Mastoid Canaliculus Mental Foramen Palatino 
Parovaginal canal, parietal foramen, petrolimparic fissure, pterygoid canal, pterygomaxillary fissure, pterygopalatine fossa, stylomastoid foramen, supraorbital foramen, tympanic canaliculus, tympanomastoid fissure, vomerovaginal canal, zygomatic foramen, zygomaticofacial foramen, zygomaticotemporal foramen, masseteric nerve and vessels, auricular branch of vagus nerve, mental nerve and vessels, pharyngeal branch from pterygopalatine ganglion, pharyngeal branch of maxillary artery, emissary vein from scalp to superior sagittal sinus corda tympanic nerve, anterior ligament of malleus and anterior tympanic artery nerve to pterygoid canal and vessels maxillary nerve pterygopalatine ganglion facial nerve, stylomastoid branch of posterior auricular artery supraorbital nerve and vessels tympanic branch of glossopharyngeal nerve auricular branch of vagus nerve branch of pharyngeal nerve and vessels zygomatic nerve zygomaticofacial nerve zygomaticotemporal nerve 2 mesenchymy form directly into bone. Membranous bones are, frontal, parietal, squamous temporal and interparietal part of occipital bones. These bones are united by sutures and fontanelles. Cartilaginous part, neural crest cells form mesenchymy which form cartilaginous models, these get replaced by bone. Bones thus formed are, ethmoid, most of sphenoid, base of occipital, petrous temporal. Development of viscerocranium, viscerocranium includes bones of face. Some bones have membranous ossification while others have cartilaginous. These are formed by first pharyngeal arch cartilage maxillary process right pointing arrow maxilla, zygomatic, part of temporal. Mandibular process mandible, malleus, incus. Second arch, dorsal end stapes, styloid process, lesser cornua and upper part of body of hyoid bone. Mnemonics nerves related to mandible mulia M3, masseteric nerve, mental nerve, nerve to mylohyoid L lingual nerve, inferior alveolar nerve, auricular temporal nerve, arteries related to mandible M4, IFS M4, masseteric artery, maxillary, mental and artery to mylohyoid inferior alveolar artery F underscore facial artery S superficial temporal artery. Head and neck 60 facts to remember 8 bones in the calvaria and 14 facial bones make up the skull. Most of the joints are suture type of joints. The joint between teeth and gums is gomphosis. There is a pair of temporomandibular joints, which is of synovial variety. The bony ossicles are malleus, incus, and stapes and are bone within bone, as these are present in the petrous temporal bone. Between these three ossicles are two synovial joints. Diplot veins contain manufactured RBCs, granulocytes, and platelets. These drain into the neighboring veins. Paranasal sinuses give resonance to the voice, besides humidifying and warming up the inspired air. CLINICOANATOMICAL problem A young woman complains of pain and numbness along the lateral side of forearm and hand, with wasting of the muscles of thenar eminence. Why is there pain in forearm and hand with no injury to the affected area? 1–10 from Medical Council of India, competency-based undergraduate EAD and neck. Why are thenar muscles getting weaker? And there is no obvious injury in the hand or forearm. These symptoms are nervous in nature. One has to look for the nerve root which supplies this area. The nerve root is C6. Feel the cervical spine for any pain. An X-ray, CT scan may reveal prolapse of the intervertebral disc between C5 and C6 vertebrae compressing the C6 nerve root. These roots form part of lateral cutaneous nerve of forearm, and median nerves. Since median nerve C6 supplies thenar muscles, there is wasting, weakness of these muscles. As lateral cutaneous nerve of forearm is pressed, there is numbness on lateral side of forearm and hand. Further reading